Hey everyone, and welcome to Comics from the Multiverse, the DC Comics podcast from Mail Fuzz TV. I am Peter, and unfortunately, Matt is not here this week. It's it's a crying shame because it means that it's just me and Connor who's also here. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Matt's just uh, getting himself pumped up for Super Bowl nonsense. Which, uh, that, that's that's tomorrow, right? I think that's tomorrow, yes. He's, he's been very busy these last few weeks because of Super Bowls and build-up to Busy. It. Uh, I actually believe he's helping someone move house today, which is which is why he couldn't make that's it. That's what he told you. That's what he told me, but, you know, um, I wouldn't have been that much of... Uh, you know, if he said, like, I need like a day of like being in the sauna or something to prepare for Super Bowl, I, I wouldn't have been that weird about it. I'd have said he's been an idiot, but <laughs> <laughs> that would have been it. Yeah. Does he get pampered the day before Super Bowl? Is that how this works? Anyway, we talk about DC Comics on this show, and coming up this week is a big week of books. We have Heroes in Crisis issue 5, Detective Comics 997, Action Comics 1007, we have Wonder Woman 63, Justice League Annual issue 1, The Flash 63, The Flash Annual number 2, Batgirl 31, Justice League Odyssey number 5, The Terrifics 12, and finally The Silencer number 13. Unless I've missed something that Connor didn't No, I, I was really waiting for you to to say something and, and me go, oh, damn it, I forgot about that one. But I'm pretty sure I read them all yes. that I was supposed to. Yeah, I was supposed to. Obviously, there's one or two that you don't uh, yeah. read. Well, just, uh, just one. Just, just just action this week, right? Yeah, you still had like 10 books. <laughs> yeah, I still had a lot. Oh, fair enough then. This is going to be a, a meaty, meaty book show. Uh, and why not? And why not? A little bit of news first, not a lot, but just a little sprinkling. Um, but otherwise, yes. So, yeah. Is it interesting news? <laughs> one of them is. Mm, you say that, I feel like I'm going to hate it. <laughs> One of those very interesting. Uh, but yeah, so yeah. So apologies, this episode is actually a bit later than normal. This will be more of a Sunday morning episode than it is a, your typical late Saturday publication time. Um, just I blame Connor, basically, is my thing. Um, but we could... <laughs> Often I will accept that. Not this time. This is still kind of your fault. You you meant you messed around with the timings, and then that that had a knock on effect. It was a whole thing. Anyway, you fell asleep. Comics podcast. After you pushed the record, <laughs> we'd have been done recording by the time I fell asleep. <laughs> had, All I'm saying is, you fell asleep. Had we recorded at a normal time, we'd have been finished. Okay, so yes, it would have been slightly later than normal <laughs> by by if 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 you but. You fell asleep, so now it's much later than normal. So this is on you as well. You weren't you weren't ready that early. You weren't ready that early. Anyway, news. We have DC news. Uh, first one is just kind of a minor note for next month's issue of Justice League Odyssey. The solicits kind of changed. They've replaced the story that they'd originally solicited uh, with. Well, that's interesting, given that this ends on a. You know, it, it, it still it still sounds like it's tying into what's what's happening here, but obviously Abnet's taking over the book with the next issue. It sounds like just the the general maybe the direction is is shifting a little bit, but it says that it's going to be kind of a story focused on Blackfire next issue, um, and whatever the original story um has been has been scrapped, but it was solicited in November. Uh, okay. So it probably doesn't... it's not 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 easing any of my concerns that I had about this this change of writer. I guess it just means that it's becoming Abnet's book more than it's just him taking what Williamson had, you know, planned and yeah. rolling with it. But it doesn't necessarily mean that the outline is that different overall. Maybe the, where the ghost sector story is going may still be very much where it's still well, going. Well, I but... think, uh, obviously, we'll get to when we talk about the, the issue, but there are things in this that indicate some things have to happen. 
Oh, absolutely. Like, the outline can't change that drastically. Well, no, but I'm wondering if it's changed from whatever Williamson was going to do because we, we even hear it mentioned in the, the Just League uh, annual this week. We do, yeah. So I'm wondering if Abnet was brought on board to make it tie more into what the main books are doing. I don't know. Maybe. Um, but the more interesting bit of news this week. Now, there's been no announcement for this. This is going to be some shitty Bendis news, isn't it? There's been no announcement for this. But one can't help but notice the the date of uh, sale on the DC Comics page for a certain Doomsday Clock issue. Don't you dare. Don't, don't you dare. Doomsday Clock issue 9 on DC Comics website is now listed as coming out on the 27th of February, which is a week further than what we'd originally had uh, from last update. Because last time it got delayed, it was delayed to the 20th by like a week I'm, or two. I'm verifying on, on what Comicsology is saying at the moment. Is this issue 10? 9. Issue 9, damn it. Click into the series. 27th of February is what DC Comics website. Okay. Comicsology still has it at the 20th. Last time this happened, mm-hmm. because it was it was the first issues of Heroes in Crisis, I think it was, and I said, no, 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 it's been pushed. The date on there says it, and then it wasn't. That's true. However, this doesn't feel that unrealistic. It doesn't, no. No, it doesn't. <laughs> I mean, it's already been delayed like four times. One more week's not that hard to swallow is a believable story. I've told you, if if it comes to it, I will read literally just Doomsday Clock. <laughs> I'll pop onto the show, do that bit, and then I'll leave you to the rest of it. But I'm not bloody missing it again. Yes, for those of you who are unaware, uh, that w- that is a week where Connor is just getting back from vacation like the day we record, so it's highly unlikely he'll be able to join us for the regular episode. And we think it's funny because because of like the f- like two out of the first three issues of Doomsday Clock, Connor had to miss, and we've been making fun of him ever since that he, o- he always yeah, has to uh, leave an episode. I have been here the clock. vast majority overall now. Which is against character. It's not what the fans expect of you. You should really, th- really rethink yeah. that. I'm not missing every every doomsday clock. God damn it! They better not pull this shit on the final issue. Oh, see if the final issue. Like, let's say you have something you just can't get out of. Like the fi- the final issue of Doomsday Clock comes out the week that I don't know. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Probably your girlfriend. Your girlfriend's roping you into something, and it's something that means a lot to her, and you can't get out of it because it's you know this this is like breakup potential if you say no, <laughs> right? She'll understand, unless like, unless it's another case from in the country, in which case I'm, there's not much I can do about that one. No, no, no. I think that, that like. See, the obvious thing to say is that there's a tragedy happens. I don't want to be dark about this, but like something happens where you have to go somewhere. And you can't make the episode on the final issue. Don't do this to me. <laughs> but yeah, so I mean, we, we could, this could just be a mistake on DC Comics website. Um, but it does say it on sale twenty uh, seventh of February, which is one week later. Which at this point doesn't really make much of a difference. Although it is worth mentioning now that this issue, if it does go to that week, is a is a full month later than originally solicited. Um, so yeah, which. I mean, you can probably knock all the others' issues back a month. Yeah, yeah it's kind of weird that... Honestly, even, even with the, out in the 20th, I still think it's weird that they've not said, oh, by the way, the issue that was meant to be in March, that's going to be April now, and so on. Yeah. But, because uh, just do it in one full swoop. Just say all the issues have been back one month exactly, and just, that's you, you've covered yeah, it. Yeah, I know, I know Marvel does this a lot. DC tends to not do that. What they'll do is they just won't say until it's that issue, and then they'll just re-solicit the issues, or, and, and you'll, you'll get to the, the month 
so next month's solicits when we should have had a doomsday clock, it just won't be there. Because they all did the that ones, with, uh, yeah, did all, that with Shazam, didn't they? All the ones previously have been knocked back. Um, I wonder if it's because they're hoping that against hope that somehow maybe it will get back on schedule, and they don't want to actually announce anything, even though that seems very unlikely at this point. Yeah. But hey, uh, so yeah, that, that was just the, the news that, that that stuck out to me when I had a, a quick search before. Uh, not not a bunch of stuff, but interesting all the same. <laughs> It's uh, really funny to me. Um, all right, we got a lot of books, so let's not let's not waste time. Let's just let's just dive into some comics. Yeah. Where's my device here? Right. So, starting off with Heroes in Crisis issue five, Tom King writing, Clay Man on art, uh, with a couple of pages by Travis Moore as well, uh, I believe. So. Yeah. What, what what did you think of Heroes in Crisis issue five? You've been a bit down on it. Uh, I mean, a lot of people I, have been down on it, admittedly, but... I thought it was another issue of Heroes in Crisis. <laughs> uh, no, I, I mean that seriously in that I feel like this is possibly the most decompressed it's been. Um, but yeah, obviously I'm not feeling it. This was another one where I'm just, there. Uh, I'm not really feeling it. I did find um, Babs's voice a bit off. Maybe that was just me. The, no, there was a line of dialogue where she said, Batman, you rock, or something to that effect, and it really stuck out to me as weird. Yeah, okay, so it wasn't just me. Yeah, That's no, that, that, that line was weird. Um, I, I, That did stick out to me. Um, It is worth mentioning, Matt has read all his books. He has sent me his ratings for every book, as well as his, obviously, top five and so on. So No, no thoughts at the end of each book, though, no, right? No thoughts, no, but he did give me a nice... I mean, to be fair, this was still 11 books all rated, so, I mean, he put in some effort to he this. He did, he did. So... Yeah. Uh, credit to him. He, he, he didn't skimp on the ring, even though it's Super Bowl week when his team's in the Super Bowl. It is. Um, so here's also, a... where where you got Travis Moore from? I look at the credits page. He's in, he's in the pizza box uh, in the fold. Oh, okay. <laughs> he's in. It's weird that he's not on the front page, uh, on the front cover. Oh sure. Oh, he's just like a felon, I guess. So. Get... Yeah, yeah, but usually they still get a, a cover credit. I'll be honest, the only reason why I don't even noticed that is because I saw him tweet that he was in the fold of the pizza box. So when I got to that page, I was like, oh yeah, there he is, in the fold of the pizza box. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, 8, 12, yeah. and 13. Uh, so yeah, so Booster Gold and Blue Beetle are kind of planning yeah. to try and like exonerate him by solving the crime. And Blue Beetle wants because to... Because of course they are. ...wants to try and steal evidence from the Flash again even though it failed miserably and got him locked up the first time. His yep. his thinking is that it's the dumbest thing possible, so the smart heroes won't think of it because it's so dumb. Probably he's wrong. <laughs> yeah, we have, we have more interviews, of course, throughout as, as the entire series has had. Um, Babs wants to use uh, Skeets to try and track down Booster Gold. Um, and again, we get that weird line where she says, Batman, you rock, yes. with the thumbs um, up as well, which, I don't know, it feels really weird. A little conflicted. Um, yeah, Batman says, oh, Skeets, he's been checked. It's all fine. And obviously, uh, we, we saw Skeets down, down with Bane, yeah. right? So, uh, what's going on here? Yeah, I mean, Babs... Like, him, him letting Babs have another pass because she's Oracle and there's going to be computers makes sense, right? Fine. Yeah. Sure. Um, I'm not sure, though. Um, you know, ours, the art's typically pretty good, right? As Clayman is, right? Clayman is typically a very good artist. Um, yeah. Drawing Batgirl for some reason, he he struggles with making it not look sh- bulky and 
busty, I guess. Yeah. Like, that, that first page where she's kneeling down, I mean, it's not as bad as some of the pages that he's done, drawn with her, but there's something about her that just feels a bit much. It's definitely not as bad as the last issue, though. No, in fact, speaking of that, there's the, the following page, uh, Lois is with Clark, and this is exactly the tone that he probably wanted for that last scene with Lois and Clark. You know, because it's, it's more normal, she's in PJs, they're kind of hugging, this, this feels a bit more in line with um, what we'd have expected. But they're, they're basically talking about the fact that the, the Sanctuary story's out, and how the public are starting to not trust heroes because this place exists. Um, and they didn't know about it, that they were being lied to about it. So, I mean, the issue kind of builds up to Superman making this big speech uh, with Wonder Woman on TV, where he talks about heroes being human, and this shouldn't, this shouldn't terrify you, this should comfort you that they're, that they're humans like you, that they, they need help, they have problems, and that kind of thing. Uh, which, is, which is, I think, is probably the standout thing of the book, this issue, that I think yeah. people who have enjoyed the issue probably latched onto that, I think, more than anything I, else. I would have assumed so, yes. Because um, it is a really good... Uh, Really good speech, really good scene. Uh, so, I'll admit I did get kind of amused that Harley keeps thinking of new ways to like kill people, you know, or different words to use instead of kill. And Babs keeps keeps having to correct and say, "No, Harley, that's still killing." Yeah, yeah. It's like oh, I'm not gonna kill. Them. I'll just murder them. Yeah, uh, I was. I get that. I was kind of into it uh, to, for the most part. So yeah, so we get to Superman making this big speech, and we see like various characters around the world reacting. You know, Jim Gordon's there, Blue Devil's there. Yeah, I, I thought this was um, actually kind of a weird sequence as it went on. Um, you know, once we get into the the stuff overlaying it uh, with all the other heroes. Well, yeah, because well, it's interesting to know that King was implying it was teasing that this book has a has a tease for what his next book's going to be, and you know, and in the same way that Mister Miracle is a twelve issue book. Right. Okay. So people are thinking either Adam Strange or Mister Terrific based on based on the page with those two. Okay, I I get that, but then like you know the sequence goes on and we go through all these other heroes and um, I I don't quite get uh, a lot of them, none of none of them have any relevance to this story, right? Um, so it felt a little strange to choose all of these to me. Uh, mm. maybe maybe there's a reason I don't get yet, but I don't know. That, that one was weird to me. I think it was just to show a wider range. You've got that page that goes from Atom to Swamp Thing to Zatanna to Starfire to Aquaman. Yeah, which is, I mean, actually, to be honest, that's one of the best pages of the book in terms of art. I actually really like that page. No, it is. I I happen to agree. Um, great. Uh, the the art on these, you know, it's like a three or four pages. Yeah, you know, between uh, Adam Strange, you've got the Shining Knight with the dragon, then you yeah, got all yeah. the others. Um, I thought it was a great sequence in terms of the art. It just felt kind of strange. Uh, in in this book. I think what I liked about that page specifically is I like how they're in like five columns, but they don't necessarily stick to their columns. I like Starfire especially. It's almost barely even in her column. Because her column's like the space background, but she's actually yeah. mostly in the other panel. Yeah, none of them are in it. Atom is over here. Swamp Thing, you have the just the flowers coming out. Uh, Aquaman's whole hand. Yeah. Um, Aquaman has the, the tentacles of the, the, the octopus or whatever at the top, kind of yeah. bleeding over. Yeah. Uh, it's a really nice page. It is. Um the page before the full spread, uh, the full page spread, uh, very interesting choice, right? Yeah, like you imagine this is going to come into play at some point. Um, and then one of the final scenes of the the, the issue towards the end is uh, as the speech is still going on, is you see the city, right? I actually know what's. I'm going to assume Gotham based on the blimps, but I mean, um, based on the blimps and the bridges, I would agree. Yeah. Um, so 
Because usually you get a bat signal to tell you, or the Wayne Tower, one of the two. You'll get one of those things to tell you unequivocally this is Gotham City. Yeah, but I can't think of any other city that we ever see blimps. That's true. No, I can't. But you see, you see a rose wash up at the edge of the, the shore, and a hand picks up, it's got a red glove on, whoever it is, and obviously you can't help see a rose and not think, okay, is this Poison Ivy related, right? Sure. That's what my main jump to, I don't know. Mine didn't jump to that, but okay. I mean, she did die in this story. <laughs> yeah, she did, but I, I don't know, my, my mind just didn't go to it, but fair enough. Oh, that's where my mind went, just because she's been a feature in this story. Um, I'm not suggesting that's who this is, this looks like a man from the shadow, but again, I'm, it's, it's, uh, I know. have a guess based off the very next panel. Oh, go on, what's your guess? Well, the next panel is we, we, we need to discuss um, what Booster and, uh, and, and, and Ted found. Mm-hmm. Which is that, uh, or but Booster specifically, is uh, this this that Wally's body isn't right. It's five days too old. Yes. There's been some time travel shenanigans. Mm. And, you know, I'm seeing a red glove. I got reasons to assume that this might be the, the time travel shenanigan Wally. Cool, cool. And if there's time travel shenanigans already in play, then us fixing this by the end is, is again back Suddenly on the table. Easier. Yeah, it's back yeah. on the table. Now, admittedly, um, this this week finally killed my theory that only Roy was going to be addressed in any other books. But I mean, we'll get to that in some of the other books. Yeah, I think that unequivocally says it, this is not any sort of simulation. Yeah, but t- time malarkey still very much on the table. Yeah, still very much on the table, and again. This is the thing, like, even if you think I'm in denial about Wally, I'll keep coming back to it. There is no way Poison Ivy's staying dead. There is not not one iota of, of possibility that Poison Ivy, one of the most merchandise-selling machines that DC have, is staying dead. We will see. You're the one who likes Poison Ivy. I do. I just, I just want... You know how I say this all the time. I want consequences to stick in these books sometimes. Not in this book, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's the thing. I'm conflicted because obviously I don't want Wally to die, but I, I want people to just be dead, damn it. I, I want consequences to stick when I feel that the death was, was worldly and earned. All these characters dying off panel is not a worldly death for any of it's them. It's not. It's not. But that bothers me almost slightly more than that. It, it's even worse in that how cheap it is, right, for the for the moment of the start of the story. Yeah, how cheap it is depends on... Okay, here's one of the biggest problems this mm-hmm. book is going to have in the long run. Uh, and, and by the long run, I don't mean in the future. I mean for anyone who's been reading this monthly. When you get to the end and mm-hmm. Wally's alive, it's going to have no impact. Because no one thought he was dead anyway. I think this book lives or dies for its legacy at the end. The, the based on what its point is like what point does it make at the end because assumingly there's going to be a point i would assume so yeah assumingly that's not even a word is it <laughs> i think i mixed i i i mixed up assuming with presumably and came up with I assumingly yeah yeah um but you know presumably there's going to be this point at the end where there's going to be like a final thing this is this is what what the point of the story was this is what the message it was trying to get out um, and, you know, maybe a big part of that is what Superman's saying in his speech is that, you know, heroes are people too, and they have fears, they have trauma, they have all these things that regular human beings do, and we have to address that. They ha- they need this kind of thing too. They need help. Yeah. Um, and that should comfort you because it means they are more like you. They're not these separate entities who are, you know, infallible, right? That should be a comfort if you really think about it. But, of course, most people won't. They'll just jump to conclusions, blah, blah, blah. I feel like if the point that is made at the end 
what should stick, if there's one thing that should stick is the point, and whatever the point is made at the end, what the ending result of this book is, there should be a consequence that sticks from that. Um, and mm. if that if that feels like it was worth something, if that feels like it, whatever it sticks at the end of this is worth the, the the point it's making, and by sticking, and then should stick for a long time, you know, if it does kill someone at the end, that person should stay dead for a while, you know, yeah. f- forever maybe. Um, then you, I think you'll look back at this and see it as to getting to that point, and therefore I think it will justify a lot of the weirdness of it. I think right now, reading this month to month, there is this weird element of they feel like shock deaths because we get one part at a time. It, you know, and they never do this, but it almost feels like is this one of these things that would have just been better to put as a graphic novel, which is weird because they don't really do those in continuity. Yeah, yeah. Um, but maybe they should. But you know, because I'm thinking like. I mean, how many movies that exist would probably cause riots and reactions if you just put out the first 20 minutes and, like, you, know, you don't get the, the next 20 minutes for another, you know, couple months? <laughs> like, you know? Yeah, they probably would. I mean, t- TV handles it very well, and maybe that's what comics should be kind of... If they're going to ape another format, they should be looking at TV and how they handle it, but... Yeah, and obviously, the TV's come uh, a long way over the years, as, you know, as is comics, mm. of course. Um it's interesting to me that they've both gotten more serialized as they've gone gotten older, right? Uh, you know, in, in the, especially in the, the modern digital age where it's, it's much more accessible to go back and read stuff. Yeah, they both have absolutely. I mean, comics kind of did it first, to, almost to the point of too much when it was hard to keep track of all these yeah. things. And because yeah. comics got very continuity heavy before the trades were even a regular thing, which is oh yeah, a yeah. nightmare to think about. Yeah, um, and uh, but. Maybe maybe there's a lesson to be learned where we when we do our TV reviews, especially with Netflix shows, um, we talk a lot about how we like how uh, when an episode feels like you get a full episode as well as being part of the larger thing. Yeah, I, I, admittedly though, sometimes it's fine if they do it the other way if that's what they've designed it as and it works well as that, then that's fine. I think the big difference between that and our monthly comic is that you do even when we watch them episode by episode, we do it every other day that they're fairly yeah. quick coming and it's it's still functions in a way that works i think the problem with a monthly comic like this is that it's hard not to see all these deaths as shock value in order to make people want to come back and read the next issue and i'm going to stick up for king and i don't necessarily think that's what he's thinking when he writes it like i i think he's got his final point in mind and he wants to like you know build this story up and yeah in his head because he already knows the ending yeah it's it's hard to look at it from a point of view with someone who doesn't right yeah so I I feel like he's not getting with this. Oh, this will this will you know this will make them all enraged and they'll they'll come back next month. Like I don't think that's what he's thinking when he's writing it. And maybe that's a fault that he doesn't predict how people are going to take his story. It's you know at the earlier yeah, points. Yeah, he's certainly not the only writer to to have this problem. Oh, absolutely, he's not. Um, because because King for the most part seems like a fairly reasonable guy to talk to. You know, when when anyone ever criticizes his work on Twitter or something, he, he tends to be quite responsive to it and and yeah. talk about it and and whatnot. Obviously, I've not been into this story, uh, um, the the writing in general uh, lately. Um, but I'm not gonna, you know, badmouth him as a person. Now he seems like a very reasonable dude. I, I think if he has a fault, it's that he doesn't necessarily think about people reading his book month to month and how they're going to react to each issue. Uh, or at least, if he is, he's maybe misgauging the reaction yeah, it's between, getting. Between between this and where we've been in Batman for the last, you know, handful of issues. Mm. Uh, I definitely think it's something that he could do with looking at uh, as, as you know as, as he progressed in his career. Yeah, but, I mean, it, obviously, he's still relatively speaking quite a new comic book writer, new to the medium. 
Yeah, it's only been a few years, really, when you think about it. I mean, yeah. Um, Grayson was his first book, and that was co-writing. I mean, yeah, I mean, I, he might have done a few other things smaller before. I'm not sure. It was definitely his first. Oh yeah, book. yeah, it was his first book at DC, but he never done like an ongoing at Marvel anything because obviously he did Vision soon after during Grayson. I think during the tail end of Grayson. Yeah. Um, and he did a Mega Man around those t- that time as well. And then it was right after that he does okay, Batman. I mean, the, the biggest book. <laughs> in, yeah, yeah, in exactly. Comics, and, uh, or DC Comics, at least. So, like I say, he's still relatively speaking a, a newcomer to to working mm. in the medium. Uh, maybe it's something that he can you know look at as, as he goes forward. Yeah. Um. So, and I'm aware that he's probably done a couple of indie things before he went to DC. Like, I, I don't need to be corrected sure. on yeah. that. I I know that, but, um, yeah. So, I mean, it's it's funny because. I have liked elements of this book a lot more than you have. Yeah. Um, this issue, like, I feel like has the best of this series with the Superman speech and like the the Wally being five years older than he should be was a great moment. Like that was it's like probably the most advancement we've had on the mystery. Yeah. Well, so far, when Booster said that, I was like, "Oh shit!" Right, timey wimey, let's go. And I was kind of like into that as an idea. But it also like, like every time it cut to an interview of one of the the, the, the heroes who, for for the most part in this issue, are kind of small time heroes. Most of those weren't really landing for me anymore, and I I almost started to feel like, you know, I could probably do without these interview pages now. They're starting to. There's too many. Like I, I like don't get me wrong. There are bits that I like in them, like the I think it was the protector, the the, mm-hmm. the don't do drugs. I did drugs. Yeah, I feel like, I feel like there's like four or five per book, and there probably should be just like two per book, maybe maybe at the bookends. Yeah, yeah. Or, or something it's just, like they they kind of like individually reading the page, they're often fine. Yeah, uh, like you know, I just I, I just mentioned that protector one. Yeah, it gave me a good chuckle, but I mean, it, it kind of really hurts the flow of the book because that went from the exciting stuff, you know, uh, you know, booster with Flash, and then that page with the, that interview page and then into the superman speech um i don't know it kind of really just took me out of the the moment of of the flow assuming this does not anger me at the end i do i genuinely believe and i've said this a few in a few of the issues but i after issue five i am i genuinely believe this will read better in trade i i think reading all this back to back will make the stilted kind of structure to it work better because it's a whole and I think the biggest problem is getting one chunk of this monthly and having just the story progress this much. And I don't necessarily need the overall story to progress that much, but I need an arc for like one character to progress over an issue. Yeah, to make it feel like an issue. Going, going back to what I said about the, the TV shows, you know, feeling mm. like I got something out of each episode. And here, I, you know, I need something out of each issue. And I don't feel like I've gotten that in any of them. I mean, arguably the first one had that because it at least had the, you know, okay, that's the setup. Yeah, the discovery so that, of what's going on. Yeah, yeah, but since then, I don't feel like there's been okay. That's the thing. This issue that will have as the 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 the, the ongoing plot arc that while everything else carries on around it. Yeah, it's a it's a murky one. I it's like because some people are just like, oh, I hate this. This is like horrible DC. We're back in New Fifty Two. It's you know, Daddy O telling King to like kill tons of people and that's like the most cynical side of it that's when you get to doom and gloom and i don't want to jump down that that hole because i don't feel like it is just that but at the same time it does have all these problems it's, it's hard to kind of i, I do past. think you know i i can be very okay with decompressed storytelling um 
I personally I I do prefer th- it because what one of the, and obviously you like Bendis, but one of the, I, I see it a lot with Bendis is uh, even Naomi issue one, which me and Matt both loved. Me and Matt both raved about that book and gave it a nine. If I have, yeah, I think he gave it a nine point five. Um, I see people saying, "Oh, not enough story happened in this issue. The comics are too decompressed," and I'm like, "I kind of like this this level of decompression. To me, this is kind of what good serialized storytelling does." But you know, whatever. No, that, that's fair. <laughs> I think here though, when we are this this issue is the midpoint. Yeah, this is the middle of the main issues. Only yeah. just got our first clue really uh with with this wally thing that's the first proper clue to the mystery uh, as far as i'm concerned mm. um i think it's taken a bit too long to get to the the, the first real breadcrumb what i think is uh, interesting is that this was seven issues and it got bumped up to nine and i wonder if those two issues were in this first half it kind of feels like that this is where like i'm willing to bet they were like they, they like someone wanted more basically just character introspection in the first half so we got two more issues of that before it kept moving i bet you about an issue's worth is all those interview pages you cut out those uh, you know and add in a couple of extra pages you know some because because it is so serialized you can move some stuff around from each issue you do that cut out all those interview pages that probably gets it down to eight already Maybe even two issues, to be honest. But by the time we get to the far, end, yeah. I mean, yeah, maybe if these interviews got all the way to the last issue, which they might. I mean, how how many were in this one? So you had Booster, uh, Commander Steel, Solstice, Protector, and then Harley at the end, and then Harley. So that's five in this issue alone. Yeah, so if it's five times, I'm going to assume the last one doesn't. I'm going to assume issue nine doesn't, just because it's the last one. Oh, yeah, but that's still eight times. So that's know, forty pages. That's two, yeah, that's two issues. That's two issues. There's two full issues, and I've liked some of them, so it's not like they've they've, they've all been bad. Yeah, and I say I'm not saying cut all of them immediately because obviously the especially the bookend ones I think are okay. Um, those typically work a little bit better because they don't hurt any flow. Um, but I mean, yeah, there's your two issues already. Yeah, because I, I was fine with this pace back in issues two and three. I think issue three I liked quite a bit actually. In fact, I liked issue four outside of the big problems I had. Like, like issue four, I thought had the best story of the, the four up to that point, but it had those other the, the the problematic panels. It had the other things that were bugging me, uh, and kind of dragged it down a bit. This one's a weird one where it's probably the first time I feel like the story is not advanced enough for where it should be given. Issue, given that we're halfway through it now, I feel like we're still in the opening act. Or it's so it, it's it's if, so if conflicting, I, right? It's kind of what you just said, actually. The, the, this discovery about Wally feels at the end of Act One, but we're at the end of Issue Five after you know out of nine. That, yeah, that's why it's so conflicting because that is arguably the biggest leap forward in the plot we've had in any issue. Yes. Yeah, and we're in, well, hang on, I don't feel like we've moved forward enough. Uh, you know, it, it, it kind of it makes you realise, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, but I mean, I'm still I'm I'm still in, like invested in the sense that. I care about all these characters. It's it's not like badly written for the most part. I mean, there was that weird Babs line that really stuck out to me for some reason. And it's funny because obviously King's been writing Batman and Batman characters for a while now. Yeah, he's typically pretty good at it. I I wonder if there's something else at play here that's making her act different. And I don't think there is necessarily, but it just that line stuck out to me as being like that doesn't sound like Babs. She doesn't feel like there's anything causing her to act different. Just. Yeah just felt a bit off because yeah, the rest of it's fine when she's jumping because one of the, the, the other nice pages of the book actually is her jumping with harley off the building you know it's during superman's speech like they're, they're kind of leaping and it's like all shadowy yeah. and there's you know it's a nice panel it's a nice page and she's like again she's like harley don't kill <laughs> no killing and i'm like okay this feels like babs but 
Batman giving the thumbs up to Batman and saying you rock feels oddly out of character. Like, and it's not—it's not so much that Barbara Gordon doesn't have that sense of humor, and I—I I, I can see her saying that to other characters. I've never seen her speak to Batman like that. <laughs> She's usually a little, a little more formal with Bruce, and not like really like strict. Like you know, it's—it's it's not like it, uh, you know, like a student and a teacher sort of formal. Yeah, yeah. It's just. I feel like her sense of humor just maybe lends itself. Like I can see her being cheesy like this when she's like with a, a like a kid she saved or something like that. But, yeah, even with Dick. But the other heroes, I feel like it's more of a like a a snarky. No, 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 not in a bad way. Like a fun snarky kind of. Like sarcastic. Yeah, but maybe a bit of sassy if you want to throw that. Yeah. In. Just a little bit of sassy. That whereas this just kind of felt cheesy. It was almost like she was being sarcastic with them because it felt so off. Yeah, and to be honest, even some of the Batman dialogue, you know, him going, "Oh, I'm Batman. I don't do press." I'm like, mm. I know, I know that that's technically true, but it just felt like a weird line for him. No, that's fair. Um, all right, what are you rating it? Um, I'm gonna go with a four point five. In that, oh. I feel very, I feel, I feel very similar to how I have been. Uh, slightly better than the last issue in that I got some advancement, but also a lot of pacing and structural issues as I'm reading it. I'm going to go with a six. Um, I like There's still things I really like in this book. Uh, some of the problems are mounting up a little bit, but I was really excited by the Wally revelation. I like the Superman speech. There's some really nice pages in here. Uh, but Bab's dialogue was a bit off in a couple of panels, and you know her art was a bit off in a couple of panels. Um, it's almost like no one, even in like Batgirl's own book, which I'll be talking about later, it's almost like no one right now who's drawing her knows how to draw that bat symbol over her boobs in this new costume. Like, it always seems to be kind of skewed or weird, or like, how do we put this over her breasts? No one seems to know how to do it right now. Um, with the hmm. possible exception of, uh, who was it designed? It was, uh, it was Murphy, wasn't it? Oh, Murphy, it was Murphy, yeah. Like, Murphy seemed to know what he was doing because he, he, he designed the suit. Um, everyone else since seems like they're they're struggling to make it look right in any pose alone just standing upright <laughs> yeah that's fair um, but hey uh, so I got a 6 Matt he, he gave Heroes in Crisis a 7.5 um, let's remember though that's on the lower end for Matt <laughs> I mean I'm going to take a guess and say the extra 1.5 over me is purely that Superman speech I'm going to call it right now He's not here it to tell me is. that, but I'm guessing yeah. it. That'll take us on, though, to Detective Comics 997, Peter J. Tomasi writing Doug Mankey on the art. Hey, try it to Mankey. This is his fourth issue in a row of a double shipping book. Now, I'm sure he had some lead time, but it's still, it's impressive enough. Yeah, you get a bit of a head start when it's the start, when you as the yeah. first four issues. Well, so, uh... If they handle like Batman and plan the, the, the arcs out well enough, they, we might actually get, you know, well, I mean... arc to arc. That was always the plan for all of the double shipping books, and Batman was the only one that managed to have any semblance of consistency. Okay, that's true. I think Flash pulls it off here or there. Like, depending on the arc, Flash sometimes does it, but then sometimes doesn't. Because <laughs> there was definitely, like, arcs with just Scott Collins or arcs with just Howard Porter, you know, yeah, for a while. shorter arcs, typically, though. Yeah. DJ Domenico, I think, did all a perfect storm. Like, yeah, you know, he did like, that first. Like He did like quite a lot in a row at the start, didn't he? I think he missed one. Out of that first trade of eight, I think he missed like one or two out of the eight. So oh, really? He, he did a lot, but not all of it. So uh, they tried their best, but hey. Um, but yeah, so the... Or not the Flash Batman. It's because you mentioned... Detective. Lot, yeah, Detective, yeah. But you know what I meant? Same difference. Right? Detective 997. Um, so... 
We teased that he was going to try and help uh, the original Mr. Miracle in the last issue because he also helped train him. Uh, so we kind of start with them in a in a trap. So the 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 villain has put them in a. Well, it's actually Mr. Miracle's home, but they've rigged his home to be a tank, and they've got sharks in there. Eventually, there's piranha, and it's essentially an escape sequence, which I guess feels fitting when you're dealing with a Mr. Miracle. Uh, yeah. So it's a whole escape act. Uh, I know Matt wasn't so hot in this issue. He felt it was a bit too because Batman. Yeah, I tend to agree. There's a lot of that in this. Yeah. Honestly, my my the one that made me groan was him firing his bat ear at a shark. That that was the one where I went, oh, this is a bit too stupid now. I'm I'm really conflicted as to how he got the ear back on. Like I see him. Yeah. You know, so, uh, is it the page after that? No, two pages. It's as they're swimming up, um, to escape. So I I see him get out of his rope stuff. I see him grab the ear in his hand on the third panel, and then the fourth panel. It's just it reattaches just like that, like to just clip back on because it looks kind of seamless. I guess it. I guess it does. I guess. I mean, at least it shows you it grabbing him. I, I thought you were going to say, tell me it just appeared again. No, 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 I can see it in his hand. No, that's fair. To, to be fair, um, yeah, the art's quite good in this one. Um, typically, yeah, for the most part, I agree. Yeah. Uh, you know, all the underwater stuff looks good. Uh, but that, this is most of the issues. This is just this kind of fun sequence of them breaking out. I think I liked it more than Matt did. I mean, I do agree some of the moments of how they get out of the situation is a bit like, okay, cheesy Batman gets out of the situation moment. Uh, yeah. The the ear blasting off and like firing at something feels a lot like when the Scott Snyder and All-Star Batman did the, oh, a square in my chest comes out and does this thing now. And I'm like, really? You just got a square in your chest that does this, that comes out? Like, I don't know. It's one of those yeah. things where I just like, okay, how many gadgets is just baked into the, the parts of the suit? Like, his utility belt has a lot of stuff on it, right? That's fine. That's always been the case. But when yeah. random parts of the suit have, like, tech hidden in them, I'm just kind of like, oh, okay, this is... At least, like, if you tell me it's something in the bat symbol, often that's, like, a raised section. You know, I can buy something there. I... The ear, it's always... It, even in this issue, it looks so seamless. Like... I don't understand how it comes off and clips back on. The bat symbol's fine if it's the whole thing comes off and there's like just one thing behind it or something like that. I think that Snyder one in All-Star Batman, it was just weird to me because it was all these random squares just started popping out as if it was yeah, all these little doors and I'm just like, ah, oh, no. <laughs> Can we not do that? Anyway, uh, so they get out eventually. Uh, Mr. Miracle almost dies, but Batman saves him, of course. Um, and the villain's there, the monstrous kind of thing, although he's taking the form of a kind of evil-looking Batman. And we get a fight with him, sort of. What was it? He's yelling. Um, I could take everything, all in the blink of an eye. I know all yeah. your secrets, all your fears. Blah blah blah. You know, villain speech. And he, he actually yeah. after that, he turns into the the dying Waynes to kind of you know uh, mess with his head, as you yeah. do. Uh, and then even Joe Chill at one point. So yeah, we got some you know Robins and Alfreds and yeah, Bat family members. Yeah, the, the Bat family. Um, and, you know, I was digging the art on these pages quite a bit. I thought, for the most part, um, yeah, most looks alright. It's uh, it's it's I think um, over inked or overshadowed at the very least. Hmm. Um, but it's got a good flow. It's got a good flow. Uh, I typically like the the coloring. Um. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, so it like you know as what it is, and you know. Bruce goes off on the, at the end. He's like, nah, this is a solo mission. I have to go off and do something. And then the ending is basically he, him crashing Hugo Strange's place. And I love that Hugo's actually in his bat suit. <laughs> he's, he's got like a bat suit on. Yeah. Um, do we know why? Well, uh, this is back to Hugo's whole. Uh, this, this is not. This is classic Hugo, really. No, no, no. But do we know why he's wearing it 
now? Just when he hasn't been for a while? Right now, uh, no. I'm sure that'll be something okay. that comes up next step issue. But um, it's, de- it's certainly not like a, a out of nowhere thing, though, for him to have a bat suit. No, no. I just uh, I don't remember the last time I saw it. Because this is, um, you know, if you if you're not familiar with who Strange, he's obsessed with Batman. He's obsessed with finding out yeah. who he is, which he does traditionally. He knows who he is. Uh, he's obsessed with testing him, becoming him, all these things. Um, so yeah, but no. Um, no, I mean, I, I like that dull page layout of like the, the like he's like, oh, there's a, this, a crash of some kind, there's a you know a boom. He's like, my lab's destroyed. Whoever this will pay with this with death. And then the final page is just Batman coming towards him, saying, "Strange," with the lightning behind him. Very, you know, not, it's not quite Dark Knight Returns, but I think the lightning being behind him certainly evokes that memory. Yeah. Um, I thought it was a fine issue. I, I thought I thought it was a, a fun action sequence. It doesn't really advance much in the way of, of plot or whatever but as, as far as these issues go with like each one's him meeting like a mentor from his past and kind of yeah yeah so it was it was all right uh like i said it is a bit because batman it, it, it feels kind of easy to get out of it all yeah that's um, fair it, it's kind of a, a weird thing where they just start in the trap already and, and that's kind of fine to a point we've established that this villain is like like up to things but it, it felt the weirdest issue in the sense that we just like it is just this one thing for the most part. It, it feels a little overly elaborate for them to be in the trap and then just ah oh, well we'll just try and kill you anyway, even though just been trying to kill him the last few issues. I do genuinely think that this might be a padding issue because of how focused it is just to have this one. It escape feels sequence. like well yeah you know, we, we we maybe had a four issue story but we need six because Detective One Thousand. Yeah yeah. Uh, so, so, and especially, and I can, I can actually kind of, uh, sympathize with that, especially if, like, the story leads into what your Arkham Knight reveal is in 1000 is. Yeah, I think, um, honestly, my preferred solution would have been to two issues differently at the start. Do something different to start off with. Yeah, I, I think the logic there, though, is that, oh, well, it's the start of a run, we have to start a big first arc and... Have another in. two, have another two issues of filling. Yeah, that, that'd be one way of doing it. Yeah. But... That's what, I'd, that's, that's what I would have, ideally, have have had but i mean this isn't the worst it's enjoyable enough it's, it's just uh, it's an enjoyable read it has pretty nice art like there's there's all to complain about just in a sense like you know i i it's a very easy read you know Tim, yeah. tomasi and manki are very solid and dependable to just give you a nice solid comic that you don't regret reading so it's hard to be too too down on it but it does kind of feel like okay had to pad a little bit here's batman escaping a shark attack yeah <laughs> for, pretty much for the whole issue almost um and it's fine. It's fine what it is. Uh, so, oh, I'll start with Bat- um, Batman's rating, match rating um, on this. God, how we never hears this. He yeah. doesn't need that ego boost. Well, we know Matt doesn't like because Batman, and he he you know he definitely went low on this for him. He gave us a five point five. Wow, that is very low for Matt. That is very low for Matt. He 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 did tank this one a little bit. What are you giving it? Um, I'm gonna go higher than Matt, <laughs> which is unusual. Yeah, this is better than a 5.5. I don't agree with that score. No, I'm going to go 6.5. I don't think it's good enough to be, you know, a 7, which is kind of like, okay, this is good, but it's it's, it's enjoyable enough. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm, uh, I, I mean, if you think it's a 7, then fine. Yeah, I'm but... kind of tempted to go with a 7. I, I feel like I had enough fun, and I, I like the ending with Strange, and I, I like the, the cliffhanger of Strange, but I can see the argument for a 6.5. I'll go with a 7, though. I'll, I'll be nice. I'll be positive. 7 out of 10. All right. For Detective 997, if, if Detective 998 can get an 8 out of me, 
the... no, is it, is it going to keep going up and up? Yeah. It, we'll probably get to 1,000, which should, should hopefully be a 10. That's the hope. Did, did, did we rate action? Because obviously we did the special thing. Did we rate individual stories in that? Yeah, I think, I, 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 think we, I think we ranked the individual story. I don't know if we rated the whole thing overall. Um, I think from memory, I'd, I'd probably given it like a nine overall, not a ten. Yeah, no. it's it's hard to rank, uh, like rate anthologies. Yes, very hard. I thought they did a really good job of that though, and I'm excited. Did, did you see Nicholas Scott's uh, cover? Oh, the Batman lineup, yeah, which is the same as a Superman cover for action, but yeah. just Batman. She, uh, she said obviously that that, that there's going to be no Sensation Comics one thousand, but she's doing a Wonder Woman one just for fun anyway. Oh, that's nice. So uh, I'm looking forward to seeing her post that somewhere. They should save that for because uh, Wonder Woman hit 800 like a year ago, maybe a year and a half ago. It won't, for double shipping for a while, it'll hit 900 in a reasonable amount of time. Yeah, yeah, but it won't be called 900, will it? Who knows? Maybe by then we'll be on legacy number. <laughs> oh, no, no. Who knows? <laughs> do, do the dual number at Marvel. I actually kind of like having the legacy number on the no, on the cover. just pick one. If you go back, fine. But I, I hate going back. Oh, look, any any chances an anniversary issue? Any excuse? That's why you just do it now. You just do it now when it's only you know seven twenty one. Yeah, no, no, no. They've got a number now. It's we're we're on sixty three. Just keep going. It's not actually seven twenty one. I just pulled that out of my ass. I'd have to check. I yeah, do keep track but... though. I've got a database. I yeah, keep track. Yeah, I I I have a database of things as well. I don't bother with legacy numbers. I like the legacy numbers. They make me feel warm and fuzzy inside. Anyway, uh, let's move on <laughs> to Action Comics 1007. Brian Michael Bendis writing, of course, Steve Epting on the art. Does that hurt, Connor? A little bit. Give it, give Epting to something else, please, that I would like to read. <laughs> that would be appreciated. While he's doing the Leviathan event or whatever it's going to be after this. Uh, with Zolfo yes, Bendis. Yes, but that's also Bendis. Yep. Yep. Well, this, this art's called Leviathan Rising, so this is clearly building up to it. This is the, the build-up to that, that story. Um, we actually... Fire off, this is the first issue that didn't start with a desk. Uh, that was just the first arc, seemingly. But it does start with a kind of similar thing, where it's like Jimmy's like bag of stuff, and he's, he's tablets out, and there's a lot of stuff on the notifications. It's, you know, it's like, Jess, chilling, uh, re-chirped re your photo. It's a Twitter knockoff, obviously. Um, Perry demanding photos and some other things going on. Um... But yeah, so so Perry's actually with uh with a girl, and he's kind of investigating things. He's he's in Seattle, and she's all like keep an open mind about this, and she takes him into this place, and he's wondering, okay, what the hell's this going to be? And she's like, just you know, smart guy, keep an open mind. Uh, this will be worth the wait. And she kisses him before they go in, and then he goes in, and do you know what it is? It's just, it's a meeting for Cobra. She's trying to indoctrinate Jimmy into Cobra. <laughs> And the, the the Cobra guy, what's his what was the commander's name? Um I don't I can't see it. Doesn't matter. Anyway, uh but the you know, she kisses him again and he's like, No, this is kinda crazy. There are a bunch of snake people <laughs> obviously not literally, but that's kinda what Jimmy says. Um and they chase him around because she eventually just turns around and says, Okay, fine, in that case you're a traitor, everyone get him. And they go and then as he's running from the building, there's an explosion in the building, this blue explosion of light and Jimmy's like blasted back and knocked back uh, and there's a big crater where the building once was yeah, it's, a, it's a gorgeous page, there's a full page spread of him looking out at this crater with his phone um, it's good stuff, no, no surprising Epting's art's fantastic I mean, but... yeah, yeah, I'm not going to say anything bad about Epting mm -hmm. 
uh, in Jimmy wakes up in Perry's couch. This actually kind of overlaps with one of the issues we had before. If you know, well, you may not remember this because you don't really read it, but the there was a scene where Jimmy was talking to Clark and Clark noticed Good leaving and he followed her and he kind of says to Jimmy, uh, keep, "Hold that thought, Jimmy. I need to go." It kind of overlaps, even though the dialogue's not exactly the same because there's no mention of Talia yet. But I'm thinking we're just seeing like a, a different portion of it. But it ends with Clark saying, hey, "Hey, hold that thought. I need to go." Um, but unless it's meant to be that almost the same scene happened again, but it, to me it looked more like it was the same scene, uh, and it was following good out the building. But uh, so here's a big thing that happens in the middle. Lois meets with General Lane, her father, All right, and tells him Clark is Superman. Well, I'm not saying no. See, this is why I hate that Matt's not here because I I, uh, I felt obliged to have a reaction. Yes, and I don't want to do that having not read it because it's it's not really fair. It's not fair, no. But I can't I'm just I'm stupid. pausing to give my voice a rest for a second just while you. Yeah, but you know I have to react. Yeah. Uh. So, she's basically I don't want to lie to you. And I should have told you this a long time ago. And like. Uh, basically says, yeah, Superman's the father of your grandchild, and I'm in love with Superman, I always have been, uh, and we've not had a great relationship, and I should have always told you that, and he, he, he kind of listens and just kind of questions it, and then he says, and Lois, is this for real? And she's like, yes, and we just have this silent page of him just turning his back and walking away, and she's got tears in her eyes. Is there any evidence that she's kind of spoke to Clark about this, that she's going to tell him? Um, I don't think she says anything that would imply that. She may have, though. There's nothing to necessarily suggest that she didn't, either. No, 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 because yeah. uh, that's the thing, because if Clark's okay with it, then fine. If this is something that she's just decided to tell, it's kind of a dick move. Not not really her secret to tell. I mean, it depends. Well, I, I guess we'll maybe see a scene of like her telling him how it went, and we'll find out if he knew about this first, or if this was something that she, she kind of made the choice to do because she had to, or whatever. Yeah. Um, but it's a well done scene. It's kind of sad at the end when when he turns around because there's not been a whole lot of Superman at this point. But then we turn the page and Superman's there and he, he hears someone screaming. And who is it? But Amanda Waller's falling out the sky. And he catches Amanda Waller. <laughs> and, you know she's she's all like, oh, you know, I'm I'm the leader of Task Force X. No one should know I'm here. What's going on? And then he goes up to the building to see what's happening. And the same blue explosion. This 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 orb like explosion that happened to at Cobra has now happened at the headquarters for Task Force X, for Suicide Squad. Uh, well, I say headquarters, I, I don't think it's where all the prisoners are, necessarily, but uh, it's a building metropolis. Um, and, you know, Superman like, saves people, he's grabbing people uh, who are in the building nearby and like, bringing them down. And the cliffhanger here is just uh, that Amanda's disappeared when he gets back to the, the, the street level. Um, but clearly, this story's called Leviathan Rising. We're building to Leviathan, and if we're going to assume that Leviathan is Leviathan led by Talia al Ghul... And given that she's kind of getting things ready in Silencer, which we've been reading, we'll talk about that later, um, this seems to be Leviathan trying to take out other organisations that they see as a threat or, or competition. Yeah, I mean, not to spoil too much from Silencer, but it's uh, th- there's some indication in that, that that it's she maybe want that, you know, Talia as Leviathan wants to replace the League. Yeah, she, she's making plays. Uh, and my, my, especially when we get, because at first it was just Cobra, I was like, okay, what's going on? What's this, this explosion? When it happened again at the end for Task Force X, I went, oh, I think this is Leviathan. This, this is them clearing out every organization they don't like existing. Which then makes me question, who's next? Who do they go after next? Sure. 
Um, and I, I love that he probably got, got got approval to get rid of Cobra, at least for the meantime. I'm sure Cobra still exists to some extent, but... Yeah, they'll just be, oh, that wasn't all a Cobra. Yeah, but I like that he's probably like, okay, can, we, can people like not use Cobra for like, like two years just so that this has some weight to it? And I'm sure they're like, yeah, Cobra, you can use, yeah, Cobra can be killed it's off. It's hard to swallow with Suicide Squad. Well, that's the thing, it's not the Suicide Squad themselves, I don't think. Although, to be fair, Suicide Squad did just end. Did it? Yeah, I think issue 50 was the last one. I'll tell you, wasn't it? I'm sure that just ended, yeah. I mean, I, I, I don't pay any attention to the book, so it may well have done. So, so if that ended right before this, then honestly, they, they can have no Suicide Squad for a while until they relaunch it. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. In like two years at the latest. Well, when the, the new movie's coming out, which looks like it's maybe going to be directed by James Gunn, more so than it was before. So, yeah. so it's weird. We're getting a Matt Reeves Batman movie that's going to be more separate from the other stuff because it's not going to be Affleck anymore. That's official. We may have James Gunn directing Suicide Squad 2 that same year. Which isn't going to be Suicide Squad 2. It's going to be Suicide, just Squad, Suicide Squad. Something, yeah. Um, suddenly, 2021's looking quite good for DC movies. <laughs> There's like potential in these projects. Yeah. Matt Matt Reeves did Dawn of the Apes and uh, War of the Apes, and those are two of the best big budget emotional blockbusters that I've ever seen. I have faith in Matt Reeves. Yes, I I, I still don't have faith in 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 Warner's inability to meddle. That's true. No, I I can agree with that, but I I have faith in Matt Reeves. Yeah, as as a filmmaker, absolutely. I th- I think he's arguably the best filmmaker they've they've hired for any of their movies. I'm based agree on with based that. on my experience of what others have done, because I've never seen who the Birds of Prey director like what what she's done before, but like yeah. he's definitely better than Snyder. And I like James Wan in horror movies, but I you know like I think Matt Reeves is a better director than James Wan. I would agree with that. And uh, obviously, I like Patty Jenkins, uh, but I I've liked more of Matt Reeves movies more than I like of hers. So yeah, I think he's the most probably. And then James Gunn, I also like a lot. So potential is there it's ripe interesting though that the flash movie never get announced for that year uh when that was supposed to be shooting in 2020 for 2021 that flash yeah. movie still just lingering in like the it's, abyss it's not happening we're never seeing ezra miller's flash again I, i'll agree with that i think we'll get a flash movie at some point i don't think it'll be ezra miller yeah uh, and and so that this flash movie isn't happening yeah. a flash movie will happen eventually by the time it happens ezra miller will be too old <laughs> he'll have a walking stick and i'll be like, oh well you have to recast <laughs> anyway, uh, I went off track there. Aye, right, so uh, I was still in action, wasn't I? Yes. Uh, so Cobra, uh, at least a section of Cobra is taken out, and then a headquarters of Task Force X, or at least where Amanda Waller hangs out in Metropolis, is taken out. So something's making moves, and that's pretty cool. And the art was fantastic. Um, and the scene with uh, Lois and her dad was pretty emotional. And yes, if, if this was without Clark's permission, it's a little bit of a dick move, but I actually, I kind of understand it if she did. Like, I get it. I get why she wants to do this. Uh, but I definitely like that Lois is getting her own plots and getting her own things to do in the book. It is one of those things that inherently actually makes me like Lois a little bit less, though, if if she did just do it without Clark's permission. Like I we don't know that. Uh, but I said, yeah, that's what I said, if. But if she did, it doesn't make me like her less. It's, I agree it's kind of a dick move, but it's a, a kind of sympathetic one. Because her motivations for this is that she doesn't want to lie to her father anymore. That she wants to try and mend that relationship. Um, it's like The motivation there is sympathetic enough that it's not like, oh, Lois is horrible because she betrayed Clark's trust. I don't know. Oh yeah, Ben destroyed it, so you, you just have to... No, no, no. No, no, no. No, no, no. 
No, 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 no. Let's not do I'm not this. having this. I'm not having this. This has got nothing to do with Bendis. <laughs> you say that. Look, let's just move on. Let's just move on. I'll rate the book and we can move on with our lives. Uh, I, I will happily give the... Actually, no, I'll do match rating first because... Save the best for last, obviously. Uh, Matt gave this a 9 out of 10. So he yes, certainly he did. did not have that much of a problem with it. <laughs> he was into it because he gave it a 9. Um, I think I will go slightly lower at an 8.5. I, I liked it a lot. Uh, I, I'm liking the, the plot that it's building and I'm excited about this. And I'm also I'm excited that obviously we, we didn't clean up the other plot first as well. Like the secret mafia and, you know, Red Cloud are still a thing. Like this is an ongoing thing. Um, that was just an introductory arc, really. And now, sure. now, now we get more stuff to go. So, um, action comes one thousand seven. Very good. Uh, Bendis's run is is popping, as it were. Um, but that will take us on to Wonder Woman sixty three. G Willow Wilson rating with Emanuela Lupacino on the art. Hell yeah! Yeah, this issue focuses on some of the the god creatures that are now stranded on Earth. I mean, I just call them mythical creatures. Okay. They're not they're not gods themselves. Fair, fair. That's fair, fair distinction. Uh, but yeah, mythical creatures. Uh, it's basically following... Wonder Woman's in a couple of scenes, but it's mainly following these creatures and basically how they're reacting to being here. And they're kind of like going through immigration or the ref, like a refugee system to try and like, integrate into society a little bit. And it all kind of... You know, they fly out the window early on, and Wonder Woman has to come in, like sort of de-escalate the situation. I, I, I laughed at you actually get a, you know, we've made a huge mistake. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, as he's as he's hanging from the Pegasus, yes, uh, yeah. it's pretty good. Uh, so, but they end up going to uh, a restaurant, and the waiter's kind of putting up with them, although he's not necessarily enthusiastic about it. But he ends up trying to ask them to leave because a, a snobby couple are like the livestock are in the restaurant and they're getting all, you know, basically racist for, for lack of a better word. And uh, this younger waitress kind of comes over and sticks up for them and kind of, you know, is friendly to them. And they take a liking to her very quickly. Yeah. And kind of defend her when, when she's under threat from, from a boss or from, from a nasty comment, actually. Because I think that's why they fly at the, this, uh, yeah, yeah, the rude yeah, staff the, 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 and the rude weight staff to boot. That and would then, never happen the, in the old days. You young people have no respect up. for the rules. It's disgusting. And then uh, yeah. what's his face? Jumps up and says, how dare you speak to her that way? Yeah. Um, so, no, that's good. The art's very expressive. I, I think what's impressive about this is that Lupacino's doing very expressive emotions and reactions on faces, but they're not human faces. We're, we're you know, we've got a, a Minotaur and a Pegasus and uh, what's the other one? Satire. Satire. Or yeah. satire, depending on who you ask. Um. So yeah, you know, they basically invite her to come out and help her, and she's like, "Yeah, okay, <laughs> why not?" <laughs> basically, yeah. it's pretty much the thing. Yeah. Uh, Wonder Woman brings along Ferdinand. Yep, yeah, to try and sort of ease them in and say, hey, okay, so here's like a, a not a Minotaur because he's not from there, but you know, we've covered that before. Uh, but it's just some bonding to make them sort of feel like there is someone else like them who's here that can kind of help the the journey. Um, I like that we're building this little supporting cast because I, I don't expect that the next issue will focus on them again, but I think they'll be around and there'll be yeah. characters who pop in and out. And maybe every so often we'll get an issue focusing on them. Yeah, uh, I'm okay which... with that because this issue was kind of great. Um the, the whole thing of, of just them, you know, a day in the life kind of thing of these three mythical creatures. Yeah. Uh, the banter between them was great. Yeah, it was very delightful. They were very fun and entertaining. Uh, the... uh, yeah. 
when they're going out the window and it's oh you're too slippery i'm not slippery i'm sleek you know yeah. just being offended by the, like these little bits they, they immediately have chemistry they immediately have like uh, a repertoire between them that you you kind of latch on to it and they're fun to be around you, you you're not sitting going okay when's wonder woman showing up because i really want to get a wonder woman this is a wonder woman book you're kind of into introducing these new characters it doesn't come off as like oh we're doing yeah. this like it works so yeah. I'm excited to see, and actually, them teaming up with this waitress to kind of like help them. I was getting yeah. some almost uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles vibes. Like this is their April. I can see it. That's what I was feeling. I'm, 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 when, we, when we see them again, I'm expecting her to still be helping them, and like I can see that kind of setup almost existing. Yeah. Um. I mean, I don't know if that's actually one of the influences here, or if it's just a, a coincidence because that, that that functionally is how it's working. But uh, I'd be curious yeah. to ask. <laughs> yeah, I need to learn the names at some point. I know uh, yes. my answer was Irene. I yes. got that one. Yeah, I, um, I didn't catch the names uh, particularly. I'm sure they said all the names at some point. I know I, Irene was said a few times because of the introductions. Yeah. Um, I didn't catch the others though. Yeah, we'll learn them in time. Um, I'll make a point of learning them for next next time they show up. I'll make a point of getting a wiki up or something to. Uh, yeah. Make a point of memorizing them, but. Uh, so we actually have uh, this little epilogue scene of Veronica Kale. Yeah. Bringing her back in. Uh, Wilson's not shying away from using her. Uh, should make Matt feel a little bit better. Which should make Matt a little bit better. Might even mean we get to some Cheetah at some point. Some Barbara Ann, because we know yeah, Matt loves I, I, that. This, this seems to be following on from where Rucker left her. So um, I imagine Matt will feel a little bit better about this. Yes, and basically Kale has Nemesis chained up in our house in the basement. <laughs> yep. And that's yes, the cliffhanger. Yeah. So, so we're going to have a Veronica Kale plot, and that's cool because Kale's a great villain. And I think Robinson did use it a little bit, but I mean, having opted out of that run, and then obviously the first arc of this didn't have her. Um, it feels like yeah, if we're counting Rucka as the last real time, she had a lot of development. It's a nice yeah. return. Um, so yeah, it's good. Yeah. yeah. And as always with these Wonder Woman issues, no Jason is the best part. I mean, it's a wonderful side effect of, of that run just being wiped from existence for all intents and purposes. Yeah, I'm sure it's... Nothing te- from it had any had any meaning or relevance. It didn't, no. I mean, technically it's in continuity, but if you want to ignore it and pretend it never happened, at least so far, that's fine. <laughs> Nothing's yeah. affecting it. It's cool. So... Um, obviously, the art's very good. I mean, I mentioned the expressiveness, but Lupacino is... Uh, you know, wonderful. yeah, Lupitino's never not great. So, do, 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 it's, a, it's a compliment actually to Zermanico that even though Lupitino's fantastic, after a couple of years, you know, I, yeah, I kind of miss Zermanico from the, the last issue. Oh, I wasn't. I, I was a little bit. I, I think uh, I really like Zermanico's art. Like, and it's, it's not that I, I dislike Lupitino. Lupitino's fantastic. It's just that I'm like, you know what, Zermanico, I never heard of before like two or three issues ago, and I'm like, okay, Zermanico's I, on the. I like Zermanico. I like Zamanico a lot. However, easily my least favourite of the three artists we've had so far. Oh, I wouldn't agree with that. Fair. I mean, it's still yeah. it's a high bar. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, I it's really like it's, it's a good rotation of artists. I mean, I, I like all three artists. I know some people. Nord's actually the one that most people seem to be less thrilled about, and not just because Matt said that. I've seen other you know people on Twitter absolutely baffling. No, no, uh, Nord's my favourite of the three uh, with Lupitino close behind. Oh, that surprises me. I thought Lupitino would be your number one. No, I I do love Lupacino, but um, what can I say? 
Big, big unknown. I don't know who I'm putting second, but I'd probably put Zermanico at number one. Fair enough. But hey, you know, high bars and all that. Uh, we we have a good team of artists on, on Wonder Woman right now, which is good. Um, yep. So what you write in the book? 8.5. Matt gave it an 8.5. Look at that. Um, I will give it an 8.5. <laughs> there we go. We so very consistent of us. Seemingly so. So that'll take us on then to the Justice League Annual Issue 1 by Scott Snyder and James Tynion the fourth co-writing and Daniel Semper on the art, who is the, is, the, is the artist who a couple of times I've said, who is this? I've never heard of him, but his art's pretty good. I've done that like twice. So now I've remembered his name, uh, I wasn't surprised when the art was pretty decent. <laughs> it was pretty good, wasn't it? Yeah. I, I don't think it was like as standout good as, as the last couple of times I've noticed his name. Hey, he's got like an extra 10 pages in this one. Yeah, to, yeah exactly. That's what I was just about to say. Mm. But there are some phenomenal panels um i mean it's it's at its worst it's still good yeah yeah yeah. i, I like him more than uh, uh chung i probably agree with that so yeah, yeah take that for what it is but anyway so yeah this, this is the annual which is very much not a standalone thing it's definitely the next part of the overall justice league story yeah, this is unskippable. Yeah. So if if you're listening to this now and you haven't read it, but you're reading Just Sleep for whatever reason, you you skipped over the annual. I know some people do. No, you need go this. and read it. Uh, this will be in the trade at this point. Like it comes after it, the last issue. It just absolutely. does. Yeah. Um, and it's them. It's this this big plan that Starman has to take the the dead or not even dead, but the the the, the Titans, Dorm. dormant Titans. Yes, the Titans, the three that are survived because they killed one. But the three titans that survived, along with Hot Girl, whose wings that have been obviously been infused with this source stuff, um, she's going to fill in for the fourth titan, basically sacrificing herself to spend the rest of eternity <laughs> as part of the source wall. And they're going out there, and the plan is is to rebuild the wall, like fill in the hole, and essentially seal it off. And that'll stop Luther from his plan of getting all the energies that you know built built existence. And of course, eventually though, the Legion of Doom show up, who are now in league with Brainiac. Because Brainiac also wants Perpetua to be raised. Because Brainiac's not dead. Because he's not dead. And he, he's, he's not forgotten what Amanda Waller did. <laughs> he's he's pissed about it. Um, yeah. Although, as mentioned in Action Comics, uh, Leviathan may have gotten to her first. <laughs> so, you know, um, he may not get his chance. But we have this plot. I actually, I like the plot quite a bit. Um, I had fun with some of the epic grand skill stuff of this issue. Yeah, yeah. This this is as big as Justice League's been, and that's saying something. Yes, uh, I do have to mention a couple of complaints, though. A couple of uh, oh, interesting. The Snyder uh, issues rearing their ugly heads, which is the the exposition that is just dumped on us, explaining what they're doing. There was one moment in particular. Um, what was it? I didn't find it actually, but it, it was it was something that really bugged me in the exposition. Okay, I will say I didn't feel it this time. Um, I feel like this this is going to sound almost weird, like a cop-out, but when a story gets to this scope and magnitude, I'm almost more willing to accept some exposition. Like, it kind of feels more in tone. It's when it, you know, when it's exposition of some other stuff that I, I really you know, can be it down just, on, one of the smaller things. I feel like there's so many things that, like when Snyder does these big stories, and obviously Tynan's implicit here as well, but I feel like Snyder probably, you know, plotted it. Yeah. Is he'll just pull things out of his ass when they're relevant, and it always annoys me because it feels like you're just pulling these things. And 
there is one moment. There was more stuff than this, but this is the one that I think stuck out to me. Okay. Um. So, so this, this is uh, when Brainiac and Lotus Shop and they're discussing their plans, their side of it. If I can take control, this is from Brainiac, if I can take control of Starman's mind even briefly, I may be able to channel an, an echo of the three missing energies. If the Totality Blast absorbs the blast in the field and achieves communion with her followers locked in the source wall, we should be able to reconstitute Perpetua's corporeal form. That, that's just this, this bulk explanation that means nothing to me. Why? Why? Why is that going to work? <laughs> There's no reason why it's going to work. It just is because reasons. <laughs> yeah, sure. It, 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 it's explanations like that that bug me. It's these, almost to the point where I have to read the bubble twice just to really comprehend what he's just said because it's just such bullshit pulled out of nowhere. Fair enough. And I mean, I, I, and, I, it didn't bother me. And Snyder does this a lot. He does this a lot where he'll just say this thing will work because someone will just explain why injecting himself with this energy work or being near something will work or or you know that this will rekindle this thing just because like he does this a lot and he does it so often that i can't ignore it and every time he does it i'm going to bring it up and complain about it because every time it annoys me i overall I'm, like what this issue does i overall like what the, the plot is i like perpetua coming back i like some of those big splash pages also I'm, I'm usually okay with this this problem uh, that you're talking about when it's when it's the sciencey things of things just working that's the sort of exposition I'm okay with. I'm like, sure, it just works. Fine, that's the story. But, but, but there's just too much of it. Like, it's one thing when it's just one thing in a, in a an island of a good story. It's another thing when I feel like so much of what they're doing and how this works that because I mean, all the stuff early on that's explaining the plan of okay, so the Titans go back in the wall, the energy's flowing through Kendra. We can we can use her to sort of fill in the role of the last Titan, and all these things like the emotion of it you know when when, when jean's like kissing her and you know when they kiss each other in, in her head and he's like built her this like telepathic heaven that she can sort of be in to make this an easier mission for her because she's essentially given up her life to do this um the emotion stuff's great the emotion stuff is sweet the emotion stuff works uh what she's sacrificing is great to the, to the point where i felt like a lot of what this plan sh- is should have been set up in a more enjoyable way in previous issues and then this issue should have been about the emotional kind of build-up to her making making this final push. Obviously, it's interrupted, and that's okay because you know stories swerves. That's sure. fine. Um, but that's the that's the meat for me that that works. All of the 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 babble coming out of Starman's mouth, the babble coming out of Brainiac's mouth, it just is there to quickly explain why things are happening. Just feels that like you're telling me why things are happening as they're happening instead of setting up the rules and then having me wowed by the execution. Does that make sense? Yeah, I I, I I will say though, I was far more into the Starman. So, I mean, the, the Brainiac stuff was, I, I'm not like, oh, this is fantastic. Yeah, it, it, I didn't have a problem with it. It was fine. Um, the Starman stuff, I was actually actively into. It felt like, okay, here's the, it kind of felt like, um, it felt like a sequence in a heist movie where, you know, where they go, all right, here's the plan. And, you know, you have the montage going over of, mm-hmm. of them doing it. That's what that sequence felt like to me. And um, I was quite into that. <sighs> I think if all the things he was talking about were easier to comprehend, but everything kind of has to be explained completely, if that makes sense. Sure. Because there are all these high concept things where, where in a heist movie, like, when they start explaining their plans, for the most part, it's fairly comprehensible ideas that we, we understand how security systems work. We understand to to enough to, to, to at least a degree where when they start talking about how they're going to like, get past them, it's like, okay, I cannot understand what they're doing here, right? This sure. is all completely made up, right? It's all made up. <laughs> 
And because of that, I feel like you have to like establish what some of the rules are. And I think that's my problem with Snyder's writing sometimes when he's doing these big epic things, is that there is no rules. It feels like he's just making up stuff as he goes along. Um, and of course, you're going to say, but stories are written that way. Well, they are to a point, but you still plan and execute. You, know, you, you still you plant your seeds and then use them later and build the story out of them. Uh, they're written as they go along to a point, but you still have an ending in mind, right? You still have a, here's what I have to set up for this to pay off. Snyder sometimes, I feel, just pulls things as he's going. It's like he doesn't think about what the reason is beforehand. And I'm sure he actually does. I'm sure in his head this all makes sense. But he doesn't necessarily give them enough time for the for the ideas to resonate and like sit there so that when he actually uses them later, I'm like, okay, this is what's coming into play now. Instead, it's just like, here's a lot of explanation right as something's happening to explain why this extreme thing is happening. Yeah, I mean, I think it, it can bother me at times. Here, it really didn't, though, because, uh, you know, it's, okay, this is happening now. It's like, here's the, the, the boardroom meeting, like, okay, this is the plan. This is why yeah, what things are going I, I down. Guess, it, it, I don't know. I guess the reason why I'm ranting about this so much in this issue is because overall I liked where it went and I like scenes in the issue, but the issues I'm the, the the problems that I'm talking about, the pages where those were problems, I found those pages a chore to read. And they were kind of dragging me out of the story. And that's probably about half the book. Not necessarily the first half entirely, because it kind of you know, because sometimes when it flashed back to a scene between like Kendra and someone, I was like, Okay, I'm kind of into this flashing back and kinda because that, that was more that was a bit more character focused and like her making sure. this choice and agreeing to do it you know the scene in her head i liked when brainiac showed up i liked the splash of him showing up but then him actually talking to lex about what the plan was eh. <laughs> like you know again a lot of techno babble just to explain why we're doing this thing um the actual results the idea at the end that the the, the green lantern core and all the other races like the you know the thanagarians the fact that, like, hey, Earth's going to be kind of hated because you've just put the multiverse on a clock because the multiverse is going to die now because the source wall has exploded. Yeah. And now the multiverse is dying and everyone's going to basically blame Earth because it's mostly your Earth heroes that arranged all this. And because of that, you better just go back there and keep quiet because we're not going to put up with you. Yeah. No, I, I, I like where I was ended. By that. Yeah. I, I, was, I was obviously a lot more into this issue than you were because I, mm-hmm. I thought this flowed in so easily i know this is one of the last things you read before we started you were like oh, i'm just you know, it's gonna take me a while because justice league and i was i was like oh man we're gonna have words because it, this, that, this it, went in so quick for me like there's stuff in here i like but it just it, it dragged i because this is the thing the flash annual which we'll be talking about soon i never noticed the extra pages that flew in for me okay i got to the end of that and i was like oh was that even extra pages for an annual i don't think it was and it was obviously because dc annuals always are uh this one i felt it i felt every extra page I I felt extra pages in a good way. Like I felt okay. like, oh, this is a bigger story, right? Does that make sense? Mm. Like, I felt like, oh, I'm getting I'm getting more of this, and so, but it, uh, but it still flowed in. Yeah. So yes, it took me longer to read than a regular issue, but it felt like it took me on par with okay, you know, the percentage of time that it would have taken extra. Like it didn't feel like it was longer than it should have been. I think sometimes Snyder just like he's obsessed with doing something bigger every time than he did last, right? He's he's, he's always like, oh, "That's going to be the craziest thing ever," and I almost wish that he didn't because I think Snyder's better when he doesn't go crazy. I I, I I I think a smaller focus story is when I like Snyder the most. Uh, I get that, especially when, in regards to his Batman. Mm-hmm. I'm a lot more forgiving of it in Justice League. That's fair. That's not I'm, 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 no in, of the of the ideology of go big, like go bigger, like as it. I'm a lot more forgiving of that in terms of, okay, this is your flagship book to go big in. I guess ultimately what it comes down to is that 
instead of being excited at the reveals at the end because Perpetua has shown up and the, the the Doom you know just as you know, the, the League of Doom rather they they have they have done this and Perpetua has shown up instead of being excited because I feel like the breadcrumbs are coming together I just feel like I got a paragraph explaining why it's happening right before and then it happens so I like the outcome but ultimately I didn't really enjoy the actual build up to it right before because it was just here's why this is happening. Fair enough. Um, obviously, there's there's no point in debating this yeah. any further because it's just it's yeah. it's coming out of taste. Um, one of the things that I that mildly annoyed me about this this issue is that mm-hmm. so so Kyle's there. Uh, as is Meg at McGann. Yeah, it's, uh... yeah, yeah, no, Kyle specifically because he he went through the source wall mm-hmm. and came back, and that was the whole White Lantern thing. Should we not mention that? Yeah, <laughs> never really bring that up. It feels really like at first when I saw Kyle, I was like, "Oh, I guess they brought him along for his expertise because he's been on the other side." And then, no, nothing. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. Um, that ever stuck out to me as much as the rain did. But I mean, that's fair. Um, I don't think it was we didn't really see any of the other Titans though. Yeah, I guess they're just not much use. I mean, I was, we saw Natasha on a screen at one point, yeah. but. Uh, I was like, what was the All Titans? I-, I guess it was just the Space Titans, you know, the ones who are relevant in space, which is, you know, McGann and Kyle. Yeah, I mean, there's a there's a thing from Starman saying, oh, you're working with Steel and the Titans to go through the archive data. Okay. So the... so they're they're doing stuff back on Earth. They're on desk duty, okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, someone's got to be, isn't they? I suppose. Um, it's kind of bittersweet because it's like, oh, the Titans are incorporating into the main plot a, a Justice League. That's cool. It makes them feel more important. Oh, wait, their book's already cancelled. Oh, well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, um, it's interesting because so we get the page at the end with all the the various things reacting, and it's like, okay, this is the the new Justice line reacting to it, and yeah. a few extra bits. So obviously, we see uh, Darkseid in the Ghost Sector. Which, um, which to be fair, very... what happens in this book does tie in nicely to what he's doing in this week's issue of Odyssey. Yeah, I'm I'm glad I read that first because then I got to this panel and went, oh, and he's like, oh, now we can begin, and I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, I'm I, really I, talking. Yeah, because I read that first as well, and I thought that's play- that, that his his reaction played very well in this having read Odyssey first. Yeah, I made I read the annuals last um, because traditionally they would have been the week five and everything else would have been last week that's true yeah so i intentionally read those last i wouldn't have necessarily always read justice League last but i intentionally read flash annual after the flash because i assumed that came next and it actually does like it falls on yes. from the end of that yeah. but but um but obviously we we also have uh on earth we see swamp thing and and detective chimp yeah um so that covers the, those two books the titans are kind of around um the other ones were a bit more interesting um I thought it was interesting to show Adam Strange for New Genesis, given that we have a bunch of new gods in the rest of this book. Yeah, um, I guess because he's there and they're not, because they're all yeah, yeah, they're all actually out uh, of the situation. Let's actually cover what happens, what they say in this page. New Genesis and Apocalypse are gone. Darkseid, as we know from Odyssey, which we'll talk about later, is, is planning on building a new Apocalypse. Um, Swamp Thing feels something, like all, the, all of nature screaming. Um, and then the team at the bottom, the uh, the House of Heroes there. Uh, which yes, is, the, the multiversal team. Yeah, that's a... What's the, is that Earth-9 Superman? Is that the right number? Uh, I want to say nine, yeah. I think it's nine, yeah. You know, one Morrison created for uh, yeah. for action. Um, so they're like, yeah, things are ending. Um, and then we get the reveal that the multiverse is dying and it's on a timer. Yeah. Um, interesting to see the Spectre uh, in heaven there as well. Like, um, mm. I've like not seen him in a while. We have not. Uh, also... Uh, so Perpetua does this, she explodes the source ball, but then she kind of like passes out from all that energy, so she's kind of in cryosleep now, or, you know, in containment. 
yeah until she gets back up but one of the interesting things that someone says is like well now we have to consider the possibility that whoever in prison is going to show up and i'm like okay so we now we have an even bigger more powerful entity yeah but it felt like a natural tease it felt like a natural tease yeah um I guess my only my old eye rolling moment of it is like okay, it makes sense that this this entity exists because she did get imprisoned there, so we kind of have to like okay, so if she's this powerful, who put her there? You're you're gonna go oh, but it's bigger again. But it's bigger again, yeah, and it kind of made me go. It is, but it makes sense. Yeah, I just I really, I really hope whatever's after like we deal with this multiverse dying plot is not the multiverses at stake again. Fine, we have the Jaro issue coming up. It's it's the same problem with it's always the world that's you know going to be destroyed in superhero movies. I'm like, okay, can we <laughs> like can we do something more personal, please? <laughs> sure. Can we please I, do I, that? I, it doesn't it doesn't bother me as much in comics in the sense that because I can go to uh, I can go and read a different book and get the much more personal book. Like in <clears throat> uh, I mean Flash, right, or Wonder Woman, both are much more personal focused right now. Mm. Where, so it's I'm like okay, justly yeah, you're the big multiversal threat. Fine, like I think it bugs me because it's like it's it's essentially right after Drowned Earth. Obviously, we had the Thanagar stuff, but that was just building to this. This was just, that was just setting up this. Yeah, um, it was like you know, Drowned Earth. Everyone on Earth becomes a fish, and then they get turned back. No one's ever going to mention it again. And then yeah. three years later, all the multiverse is dying. Everyone's screwed. And it's obviously not going to die. We're going to fix this because <laughs> of course we are. Yeah, um, but this one feels like it might actually have some weight to it comparatively. Compared, especially compared to Drowned Earth. Yeah. Uh, it's just like, yeah, but I mean, this is happening, like, I mean, obviously this is a comic comics problem, but I, for some reason, Snyder seems to, like, really, like, make it shine. <laughs> like, where he'll do these big stories after big stories after big stories, and it bugged me with his Batman run. I got really sick of it with his Batman run. <laughs> yeah. And, I, know, I, you know. I have heard him speak about this, and, you know, because people have asked him, and um, he said the reason why is... Um, he 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 never knows how how much longer he has left on a book you know because the the way the contracts works are extensions mm. by you know this many issues that many issues um so he's always like if i've only got one more story to tell what's it going to be uh, which is why he always ends up going bigger because he's like okay if this is the last story um so i mean i, I can I, I can understand his reasoning in his head at least it still bugs me I, I think I it, it, yeah. it hurts my enjoyment of the book a, a bit too. I just always go bigger and bigger, and I just oh, fair enough. Like uh, I said, we got Jaro coming up. We're good. I know. I mean, I don't want to sound too negative because I like a lot of what this sets up. I liked a lot of the moments in this. I like the Kendra Jean stuff. I like the reactions. I like the fact that Earth is kind of seen as this, like you know, oh, they're on the bad books because they kind of killed everyone. <laughs> yeah. Like that stuff, I like. Um, I just I did find some of this a shorty read. And mm, fair enough. It, it was it was it was bugging me because. I think at this point it bugs me even more because I think over the course of reading a lot of Snyder work, I I have diagnosed the problem. So now when it pops up, I'm like, oh, here he goes. <laughs> it's yeah. one of those pages. <laughs> and sometimes, sure. and sometimes it's one of those whole issues. Like there's some issues that are like that with him. Yeah. And it bugs it's, me. Uh, it it bothers me when it's a whole issue for sure. And because some people love the mythology stuff that he's building, and I love mythology building stuff too. But it has to be done in a way where I'm intrigued by the ideas, and I feel like he just dumps so much on you. It's just explanations where, you know, oh, I'm definitely intrigued. Even with the explanations just here, I'm like, okay, I'm into it. Yeah, you know, it may, it may as well be that issue of uh, Superman with the reading off the plaques. It almost feels like that at times when he's when he's given exposition. Oh, it never feels like that bad to me. Um, but that's what it is. Hey, what did Matt give it? 
Matt gave the Justice League annual a 7.5. So... And I love him, Matt. He must have felt some, some mm. problems. It's a shame he's not here. I'd like to talk, I'll maybe bring it up next week when he's back and get his take on it a little bit. Um, what, what are you giving it? I'm giving it a 9. I loved it. 6.5. All right. I can't quite call it good. There was too many too many problems in the writing for me and how the exposition just dumped on me at points for me to give it any higher. But the art was pretty good. I liked a lot of what it set up. So it's, you know, it's, it's almost good. Yeah, it's just there's not enough there for me, uh, so I have to be the grumpy one on that apparently. Uh, but we'll move on then uh, to what's next, which is the Flash issue sixty three. Joshua Wilson writing uh, Minkayu Jung on the art. Uh, so this, this is N- kind of nice change of pace in terms of the art. Sure, you like the art? Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm a fan of Jung. Yeah, I like, I like Jung as well. Because um, I think the Flash book had some really good artists for a long time, and it's been kind of it's not a deuce in uh, Sandoval and whoever's been bad. It's just that. Some of them have not been right for the Flash, and some of them have not been as exciting as some of the other artists on the book. Yeah, it's felt in a bit of a holding pan when it's come to artists. Probably because they're saving the better artists to get a lead on the the bigger stories that are coming up. Uh, hopefully. Um, I would imagine. I, mean, I, thought, I think for me, this was the best art we've had on Flash since, in a while. Yeah, since Flash War, maybe, or since probably, or maybe since uh, the stuff right after Flash War. Uh, I can't remember I who can't was in the art for that. that yeah. yeah. Um, so this is the conclusion of Force Quest, and we got Gemini siphoning powers off of both uh, Flash and what's his face? I forgot his name. <laughs> psych. Psych. There you go. Which I only remember because he went psych. That's right. You're right. Uh, Iris actually ends up saving them a little bit. She kind of tackles uh, uh, Man Gemini. Um, <laughs> Did we don't actually know their individual names? I don't know. Uh, the woman does say his name because when he dies later, she's like, "Oh, my beloved so and so." She's called Belladonna. Bella, there you go. Uh, so, so Barry remembers, you know, with all all these previous speedsters um, before, and uh, which is kind of a nice setup because obviously at the end he's going to find out about Wally. Uh, it's going to tie into that moment in Heroes in Crisis where he found out. So it's it's kind of nice that they reminded you in the Flash that he's got this connection to Wally. Not that anyone reading the Flash I think forgets that. It's just you know you set it up so that it's you know it's in your head again. Yeah. Um. So you know that's what it is. Flash and Psych fight back. Psych goes too far and outright kills the dude. Um. Which obviously Barry's not on board with. Um. Yeah. And has to deal with his anger. She shouts out Santiago. So there you go. That's probably his name. Um. But the big thing here is we find out that uh, Gorilla City actually kept a secret from Barry about the the forces, which which we knew anyway. Remember, because uh, when he left, we we saw the gorillas going. Oh, you know, we should maybe we should have told him. That's true. That's true. But we find out what it was now. What the secret is yes. is that the forces were at war because one force has to take control, so they'll be in charge of what we're calling the Forever Force. Not a fan of title naming. Yeah, I'm not, yeah. I'm not big big on the name. But the idea that the forces were always at war, and that's why we only ever knew the Speed Force, is because the Speed Force has been in power since forever. Yeah, imprisoned the others. And then, you know, the idea that the gorillas didn't tell him because they thought if he didn't know, he'd just do what Barry does best and, you know, mm. go on their good side, be a hero, and, and, and try and make them work together. Um, but I, I like that explanation. That's why we didn't know about the others. Is that sure. they've been, you know, since until the Source Wall and Flash War and all that, um, they've all been kept under wraps because because only one could be dominant and this is actually kind of a problem that they're all coming back so i like that uh they go back to gorilla city and see that everyone's kind of you know uh dead <laughs> because yeah. and, we, and then we get the tease of who did it actually the, the cause obviously gemini killed some of the remaining apes but the the original death group oh, that yeah, we saw, it, it was a good old hunter 
who's all Hunter Zolom and who's up to no good. Uh, so th- that's a great tease, of course. Yeah. Um, we also see Gemini's in Arkham. Uh, sorry, sorry, what was something to face? Belladonna. Belladonna specifically is in Arkham. Uh, yes, she's went crazy. But she's convinced that, that the other one's he's living in her head. Mm. Uh, and then we also at the start of the book we also continued the uh, the Commander Cold and and uh, Detective Burns. They're in the, the the trickster looking playhouse. Yeah, I thought this this scene was a little off in that it was just one page at the start, and it felt a bit. Joe, it's funny. I never even thought about it because when I read it, I thought it was fine because I assumed it was coming back later. It wasn't really until we started talking about it here that I went, "Oh wait, that never came back." It was as soon as I finished the book, I was like, "Was that it?" Like, uh, you know, it was just the one page because it didn't even bookend it, did it? Yeah, it was kind of weird. Um, I mean, I've been enjoying that little subplot, but it's it's, it's kind of weird in this issue. I I feel like it's 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 a fine page, but yeah, put it in the next issue or whenever the issue to this is relevant. Yeah, I did kind of like that Barry, as soon as he found out Zolomon was involved, he just sped Iris back home, even though he promised her not to. Sure. I, I yeah. kind of like, no, like, no, Zolomon's name get brought up, okay, that's it, no. Um, yeah. Uh, and then, then that's, that's when he, uh, Booster Gold shows up from Heroes in Crisis, and we get the, the, the Wally, and he, he sees the body lying there. Um, Obviously, you know, for a long time I was saying that only Roy's been addressed in other books. It turns out Flash's arc just was set before Heroes in yep. Crisis. Yeah, and we're we're doing it now. It's still kind of weird though how it was never mentioned in the other books when it was like Roy's funeral. No one ever mentioned that Wally was also dead. That is a bit weird, but we're addressing it now because they were found at the same time. It's it's really strange not to bring because they were both Titans as well. It's not even like it would be different people at the funeral. Yeah, yeah, it is kind of weird. So but, I mean, I still th- I still sense some fishiness with this, but but he is dead. At least this version for of now. Yeah. For now. Uh, like we said, shenanigans. Yeah. Uh, I actually thought this is probably one of the better issues of this arc, just because it was the final conflict, so it was better paced, I thought. It was just kind of, here's the action, here's some big reveals, um, here's some stuff afterwards that's quite heavy. The, the Zoom reveal in particular was quite a big deal, I thought. Yeah, it was easily my favourite issue of the arc. Um, and not entirely just because it was over, because I've not been as hot on this arc. Um, I, mean, I, I mean, I think it's been weaker than some of the previous ones, but I mean... I, like I wasn't yeah. as down on it as you were. No, that's fair. But I, I was really not feeling all the Gemini stuff, and that that stuff was still the weakest. Like so, that first half of this issue was um, not amazing for me. Uh, but once we got past that, uh, the rest of it was pretty good. So uh, just quickly, then, what are you giving this? We can move on to the annual kind of. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'll give it a, a seven because, like I said, the first half was still just kind of cleaning up the the rest of the art. Yeah, Matt gave it a 7 as well. Um, I think I will also go with a 7. Uh, I think it's a good issue. Um, I, I kind of like the big reveals. But it's kind of overshadowed this week, though, because the Flash Annual issue 2 came out, which was also Joshua Williamson writing, and Scott Collins was on the art. And this falls on because... It falls on from two things. It falls on from the last issue of Flash and you know Barry's discovery of Wally. But it also falls on from Flash 50 because Impulse, Bart Allen, that's who we start the book with. Yes, in a less than flattering first panel. <laughs> first panel is a bit weird. Um, that said, the the bottom panel on that page I really like, like when it's him. Yeah, yeah, no, I like that one as well. Yeah, that's really good. Because um, he's basically looking for Barry, and he's like, "Where are you?" Uh, so what's kind of weird then is this implies that even though we got that page at the end of fifty with him coming out of Speed Force, he didn't actually come out of Speed Force until now. Because this ties in directly to the timeline that it's Heroes in Crisis is going on. Yeah, yeah. It basically means they put that page in Flash 50 because it was the 50th issue, but really, we weren't doing Bart until now. <laughs> yeah, Until this much. month. 
because uh, obviously it ends with him going off saying, well, I'll go find my friends because all the Flash stuff's quite weird right now. So obviously that was into Young Justice. Uh, Which means we probably won't get him back in the Flashbook till at least after the first arc of Young Justice. I, I imagine so. Or at least it'll be set after Young Justice. Uh, yeah. Um. So... So yeah, so 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 Barry runs off. He speeds off into the Speed Force, and he's like, "You have to be in here, Barry. Where are you? Where are you, Wally?" So yeah, where are you, Wally? Sorry, you know what I meant. Makes sense. Um, yeah, I know. Uh, and he's got tears in his eyes. He's screaming, "Wally!" And that's when Godspeed shows up, and he's like, "You're in here. Why are you in here, Godspeed?" Um, and it's like, "Okay, all right." So Godspeed ends up fighting Barry for a fair bit, and basically, Godspeed it turns out is working for someone. Yeah. Um. He does make a point of like giving his condolences about Wally before he, he speeds off at the end. Um. But he does, you know, run off, and we find out that. And there's a lot of stuff in between, of course. We he ends up like fighting, uh, like uh, Mina Wallace and and uh, what's it, Avery. Avery. Yeah. Uh, or around. Like, they're visiting Mina and Iron Heights, and it kind of leads to like them being what's, involved in the what's fight. What's Avery's code name? That, does she have one? She doesn't really have one. Uh, it's just called Avery. She was just. She was just the. Justice League China Flash, right? Yeah, well, I mean, that's, that's true for all of them because, like, it was New Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, and Flash. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so is she just China Flash? Well, Chinese Flash, I think, would be the, the more oh, sure, a- appropriate term. Whatever. <laughs> whatever. You wouldn't say the America Flash, you'd say the American Flash. I don't know. I think, I think the, the former has a, has a nice ring to it. it stands uh, out. Connor being silly again. Um, so, yeah. So, so... This, this, I mean, all, all this fighting stuff's pretty good. Wallace and Avery kind of jump in and obviously help out uh, when all, all's going chaotic. Um, but he he eventually speeds up, even, even though, because he's actually punched the shit out of, uh, of, of Godspeed. Like, you know, his mask is all torn to shreds and he's got bruises and stuff. Yeah. Um, Just a, a thing on the art. Um, the the uh, the bolt panels on, on Godspeed's helmet mm-hmm. are a lot more pronounced panels that i remember them being like all like when you look at them over his cheek they kind of physically stick out quite a lot yeah. maybe this is this is me misremembering or maybe it was just Gio Domenico drew it differently i think he just drew it differently i, I think it's yeah. just a different artist thing i don't think it's like a redesign or anything like that that's fair yeah because they, you know they almost look like actually they look like uh mutton chops they look like wolverine they mutton yeah. chops <laughs> they just go up a bit too far they're the the wolverine mutton chops that go up into batman is Yes, and it it just it, it looked a bit weird to me in this issue, and I don't remember his design ever looking like that. Uh, not not them looking like that distinctly like stuck on panels like on the side. Yeah. So after Godspeed runs away from Barry, he actually Bart runs into him and like takes him down. And I think the most interesting thing here is whoever's talking to to Godspeed says, "You're not ready for this speedster or that speedster. Enter the Speed Force now." Like he's like, "No, you're not ready for Bart. Run." Um, so I think that's very interesting. I mean, was it just me? The impression I was getting from uh, who this is is probably Prometheus. Probably, uh, I, I admit my in- initial first thought was, "Wait, that's a blue outline." Oh, you were thinking Manhattan. I thought that. Uh, too. Yeah, and obviously it's not. Uh, uh, we, yeah, we, we, that clear. When, when it got to the later, I didn't think that. Um, but so Barry talks to Wallace and tries to like say, "Maybe you should come back now. Uh, maybe it's time you come home." And Wallace, now it's funny because while I like that he's pointing out that Barry's kind of doing the same thing again, I did. Th- my problem here is that when he says, "Oh, you've not even told Iris about Wally yet," because because you know uh, Godspeed shouts it out, so they find out. 
and Barry's the little. Sorry? He literally just found yeah, out. Yeah, that's just what I was thinking. Because, because he runs off to Iris and he, he says in his narration that I should have told her right away. And I'm like, but this is more or less right away. You just got interrupted by a fight with Godspeed. You went to find Wally first to prove that he was dead. And then you immediately get thrown into this fight. This is right after that fight. I don't yeah. think he actually held it for any like any time. This, this feels like a weird timing issue in that we know it's been, like, to us, it's been time since this reveal. So we're supposed to go, yeah, he's been holding on to this for months. But he's not. He found, uh, for him, it's maybe at most been five minutes. <laughs> yeah, because it was literally, he found out, he had a bit of a moment at, at Sanctuary, yeah. right? Ran off, and at the speed force. Ran off to check if he's dead. Yeah, so, yeah. At that, so at this point, he's hoping he'll find him, and he won't have to tell Iris anything, because he's going to find him alive. Yeah, and he runs right into Godspeed. And then the rest of this issue ensues. Yes, and he talks to Wallace because he's there at the, the time afterwards, and they find out. Yeah, yeah. So Wallace is just being a shithead. He's been a bit of a dick about this because he's not had time to go and tell her. Uh, and then the scene, so, so Barry goes to tell tell Iris. Yeah. And, and and the narration of, of him condoning it, like being like, oh, I should have told her as soon as I found out, feels wrong. Condemning it, you mean? Conde- yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I did. Uh, it's very late. Yes. So, you know, Iris breaks down, she drops the plate. Um or you know, I, I think I think Collins went a bit nuts with her hair in this. She, her hair is yeah. like all the place. There's, there's one power she just yells out, I know. Um yeah. where her hair's she just throws her head back and her hair's up like a <laughs> like it's just sticking up. Uh it kind of works for the moment though, the raw emotion kind of comes through it. because like, it, it has this crazy kind of like she's she's beating on Barry's chest. She's kind of blaming him at first, and she's just kind of reacting emotionally. It's not really that she hates him or anything like that. Uh, the the final two page spread of them just like on the floor hugging, uh, I thought was very effective. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, all the writing's great. I, I'm I'm not the biggest fan of Collins' art, um, especially his facial work. Actually, um, so I yeah you know, didn't quite land as well as I'd have hoped, but I, I like the moment in general. I think it's well paced. I think um, his his face work's not the best. Although I'm kind of nostalgic for it for a flashbook, bizarrely, just because he's done so much flash. I get that, but I'm looking at you know that top panel of Iris, you know, being angry, you know, and and kill them. I'm like, I don't know. Her whole mouth looks misproportioned. Mm. And he's like, you don't mean that. She's like, I know. Like she just she's immediately no, yeah. I'm not turning to like a you know murdering person, <laughs> like or, yeah. or murderer as those those are called. Um, <laughs> Hey, you said Ch- China Flash earlier, so you don't get to say shit. I stand by that more. <laughs> um, so yeah, so so Bart at one point ran by Titans Tower and he couldn't find it. He says like, there was no Cassie, there was no Tim, there was you know, he's no Connor. Like this is clearly a Bart that remembers pre pre New Fifty Two. This is a Bart that knows all this shit. Yeah. Because um, then he goes to the Flash Museum. Is like right, okay, let's catch up on the history of this timeline. Yeah, things have changed, and he even says that he could feel Wally in there. He's, he even comments on his outfit. He's like, oh, this is a pretty cool costume, but. You know that's not Wally. Like you know, I always like Wally more than Barry. What w- Wally was the one who was stuck. You know, was trained me and was my yeah. my big brother essentially when I came back from the future and blah 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 blah. Yeah. Also, I just want to, as a criticism to the writing, never call your epilogues first epilogue and second epilogue. Sure. <laughs> don't, don't do that. You have an epilogue and something else if you have to. But I don't know. Having two epilogues is kind of not great. Uh, he says he can't find his family, so he's going to go and find his friends instead basically um i mean if he just comes back the next day he'll find them they were just gone because things were going on <laughs> but well yeah i mean 
They wouldn't, they wouldn't have found Cassie and Connor there, though. True. So, obviously, I'm expecting them to, you know, Ben and Young Justice will probably give some of the... Because it, it felt like in Young Justice, like he'd already spoken to Tim, like, before that first issue. I'm thinking we're going to get that flashback in Young Justice. I'll take your word for it. But, uh, so that sets that up. And then the second epilogue is uh, is Godspeed. Uh, whoever given this gauntlet is in the future, seemingly... Uh, and whoever he's talking to is like, oh yes, uh, since I was freed from Iron Heights in the 25th century and have escaped here, I have watched the Flash family witness how destructive their actions are. Uh, so he's coming for them. He's very yes. antagonistic against the Flash family. I, I, I may have laughed a little bit at the final line. Oh yeah, because it's uh, no more speedsters, as in no more mutants. Not even that. Because this is the Flash, I may have heard Chris Klein. Oh no! It's not Cicada. Come on now. It's not. No, I know it's not. But it's just. It. It. it it's just in my head. It's. It, it's. It's in the zeitgeist. There will be no more speedsters. I just. I heard it like that before. Just because of uh, you know that that line was in the last. Yeah, you know, the the the, you know, the old man's must die was in the last episode. It, yeah, it's yeah, kind of yeah. on theme. I don't know. It. It, it kind of ruined the. It, it, no fault of this book. No fault of this. It's just my own head ruined it for me. Also, did you get the impression that Godspeed's playing along with with uh, presumably Prometheus here, but he's not actually went evil yet. He's kind of doing this for some sort of better reason. Yeah, because he, you know, he's talking about, oh no, doing that didn't sit right with me. Uh, you know, yeah. better will be worth it. He he still, when he said to to Barry that you know he was trying to reform, he was trying to do yeah good. I still believe him. Yeah, because because when he comes back, like Prometheus again, assuming that's who that's because you only see him from the behind is that he's like, hey, why did you give him condolences? And he's like, oh, I was just, you know, stalling for time or whatever he says. You know, he, he has to justify it to him. And it kind of felt like he only went into the fight to try and, like, stop Barry from, you know, following what he was doing or whatever. It, it was just about playing the, the role for, yeah. for Prometheus' point of view. Because he assumes correctly that Prometheus is, is watching and listening to all this. Yeah. So I'm intrigued where this is going. It, it just says to be continued throughout 2019 in The Flash. Um, I like what it's done here. I think much like the last Daniel, which set up Flash War last year, I think this has, again, done a really good job of being like, hey, here's some exciting stuff. We're actually dealing with the fact that Wally's gone, and well, I do think he'll be back, and I'll be pissed if he really is gone, because I don't think it was a, a fit and end for him. Um, seeing how Iris reacts to it, seeing how Barry reacts to it, uh, feels like a big deal. It feels like something we should see, and see sure. how the emotion plays out with that. And, you know, Godspeed's actually a pretty interesting new character. I kind of like the addition of Godspeed. And yeah, I've, I've liked him throughout the run, whenever yeah. he's popped up. And I like what they're doing with him. I think, I wasn't necessarily in love with him in the first arc, per se, but I like the, the kind of anti-hero kind of ally that he's, he kind of became with the kind of redemption and Iron Heights and then yeah. what they're doing with him here, like kind of playing that thin line. Is he went evil? Is he doing something for noble reasons? Kind of thing. I, I like what they're doing with that. Sure. He's kind of flashes red to it, although that feels like a disservice to call him that. <laughs> yeah, see, I liked him two minutes ago. <laughs> that type of character can work. Just not, can. not Jason Todd. <laughs> yeah. Although people love him for some reason, but whatever. Idiots. Whatever. Uh, so that's the Flash Annual. Uh, I think that overshadowed the regular issue. I think the regular issue was pretty solid, though. Uh, yeah. I think Flash in general had an exciting week uh, in comics. So yeah, definitely. Uh, what are you giving the annual? Um, give it an eight. It would be higher if if I liked the art more. That's fair. Uh, Matt gave it an eight point five, so he quite dug it as well. I would. 
I'll go with 8.5 as well. I, I think uh, I won't go all the way to the 9, mainly because there's still an uneasiness about the circumstances of Wally's demise, which just kind of is uh, is sitting there on the back of your head as you're reading this. Kind of ruining it a little bit. Just a little bit, yeah. Yeah. Um, but everything with Bart I loved, everything with Godspeed I loved, uh, the reactions I loved, Iris' scene I loved, uh, this, was, this was solid Flash stuff. And then, you know, teasing villains. I'm, actually, I'm more excited about, about Zoom being teased in the last regular issue than I am about the villain in this one. Presumably, and presumably it's Prometheus. But uh, all the same. Uh, yeah. Good good stuff. So, yeah. All right. So I think we're out of the, the big hump of big books and into some of the yeah, the smaller books that we can just kind of have some fun with. Uh, so next up, Batgirl, issue 31. Uh, Meg Red Scott writing Paul Pelletier on the art. Um Pelletier's art is starting to bug me a bit. <laughs> really? Some of his mouths are really bugging me. And it was it was I actually I liked this issue more than last issue. I I was a bit more middling than the last issue. I think this issue took the overall plot we're doing with the, the you know the, the, the mayor candidate and uh, Bard and all that stuff. And I like what they did in this one with uh what was it the the cormorant? <laughs> Yes, I, I I know what you're trying to say. The villain's say. name, yes. Uh, and his assassination attempts. I like the the simple setup of this. I like Babs trying to deal with it, not being able to, to tell her, you know, give them the intel that she knows, because obviously Barbara Gordon shouldn't have that intel. Uh, all that yeah. kind of stuff, and just the, the basic setup of like, okay, there's going to be an attempt to, on the on the the candidate's life. She has to try and solve it. And I actually thought this I mean, this issue got kind of dark with like, how how often do we see like um like superheroes get beat up so much that they're just bruised in the face um especially yeah, it, it, it's kind of looks like she's got a bit of a busted nose doesn't it yeah it looks it was a really brutal beating she took and i think there is like an extra element to this because it's a, a female superhero where i feel like they shy away from it just that, i mean i don't think the male heroes get that often anyway either but i feel like they shy away from it a little bit more with the female superheroes so it really stuck out to me that oh this guy really beat the shit out of her yeah i know that there's uh, some people i imagine you could read it as oh it, it's going a bit further and it's it's almost gratuitous because it's mm. a woman um but i would say i would like to see the men take as a bit a bit oh, of a sure. beating as well I, i'm all for every superhero getting bruised and bloody uh on, on a yeah on yeah a fairly I, I feel basis. like no no, no. It, it it's a way of showing that, maybe, that maybe... she's not because Babs has never been the best fighter, yeah. right? Maybe, maybe not like Superman, obviously, because he's you know Kryptonian and is yeah. you know Man of Steel. Although he, he still tends to get a bit of a beating when he goes up against like Zod or something. Yeah, or Darkseid or whatever, you know whatever. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And the thing I said earlier as well, how some of the panels don't seem to know how to draw the logo on her chest uh, on this new outfit. <laughs> it was, yeah. It just it sticks out to me though. Uh, I'll so, give you that as a problem. So they're, they're trying to play this whole Bard thing, like he might actually be have better intentions despite what we saw. Oh yeah, I was doing that to suss out what was going on and blah blah blah. Mm. Um, that, I don't know if it played like that to me uh, last time, but um, but they're, they're playing with it. And we'll see see how it goes. Uh, so so yeah, there's this party thing. This is where uh, what's his face is going to attack. And Cormorant. Ba- there you go. And Babs is staking it out. Uh, and this is when she gets her, her, her basically gets beat the shit out of her essentially. And you know, she does, but she gets a few good hits in herself. Oh, she does. She absolutely does. And I think what makes it work as well is that the next day, and she's like all bruised and stuff. She's like, yeah, I can't really go into work today. I need to kind of hide this for a bit. Um, yeah. You know, she's she's kind of like she has the right attitude about it. But we get to see a bit of what uh, Cormorant's like. Uh, how he was in the military, but he got discharged for liking war a bit too much, as she puts it. Uh, he got discharged from more militant places because he's a bit of an alcoholic. Uh, so he's kind of just become this lone mercenary dude who, who yeah. does this kind of thing. 
but the, the twist here is that he also goes after Moore, the uh, the opposition. Yeah. The other politician who, who up until now she was kind of assuming was in some way behind this. And it turns out he's not. Like whatever this this is doing is is targeting both of them. This this also had one of my favorite lines of dialogue in in this issue. Oh, go on. Uh, Moore's like, oh, don't hurt me. I'll do whatever you want. And he goes, oh, I know you will. I just don't like politicians. And <laughs> <laughs> just goes to slam the whatever it is he's holding into him. That cracked me up. Yeah. Also, I actually think the most brutal part art in terms of uh, not in a bad way. The most brutal art in terms of Babsy's face being injured. Is when she's kneeling down to the to to Moore, and there's like a bulge under the yeah, eye. Yeah, it's it's like no, it's not even the eye. It's just um. Well, I guess it kind of it's under her, her mask. It's under the mask, but yeah. it's on her lip. There's this big like swollen area, and I'm like, damn, that looks grotesque. Yeah, it's proper come up in a bulge, doesn't it? Yeah, I'm like, geez, it, it looks it looks disgusting in a really good way. Yeah, she's she's taking a beating off this guy, uh, which is good because it makes you want to see see her kick his ass even more so. Yeah, uh, and it tells us, no, 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 this guy's got training. He's a threat, right? He's not just some random chump on the street. Yeah, so so the, the candidate, um, was, is it Alejo, I think? Or yes. Someone? Yeah, there you go. I thought I remembered it. I, I don't want to mispronounce it like an idiot, but I, I remembered it. It's fine. Um, so she's like, I'm going to TV. I'm doing this speech. I'm going to denounce all this. Uh, and Barr's like, hey, this is too big for us. This guy's coming after you. You need police protection. She doesn't want police protection because she's been saying a lot of negative things about the police. So she's like, oh, I'm paying you. You and your men should be able to handle this. This is what you're here for. Uh, and then the cliffhanger, it's kind of a low-key cliffhanger. It's just kind of like them getting into the building and the you know Cormorant's uh, disguised as a maintenance worker or whoever. And yeah. he's got his gun with him. So it's just kind of this tease of like, okay, so we've been on a suicide attempt. Or not suicide, sorry. You know what I mean? Murder attempt. Assassination. There you go. That's the word I was looking for. Yeah. Um so no i like this one more low-key cliffhanger but the sort of cliffhanger i like in a comic in that no no, no it can mm. deliver on this oh sure um and no, I, I like this one more because the last one was a little bit more mixed on i thought this one capitalized on what it was doing i thought i felt the violence i felt the threat i feel the tease at the end i like the almost just the the, the very strong action setups of okay we've got an event we know someone's going to try something barbara has to be back girl and kind of defend the situation and yeah I, I thought all that stuff worked really well. Yeah, so, and on top uh, of that, it's still playing with the you know her as Barbara Gordon as well because she's supposed yeah. to be there as Barbara, but can't. Yeah, and the uh, the organizer for the, the volunteers doesn't like her very much because she shoehorns her way into this event. Well, Bard kind of just threw her in it. Yeah, uh, so he's been a dick. Doesn't like her very much, but no. doesn't necessarily mean that he is evil scum. No, doesn't. necessarily. He could be, he but could no guarantee. Be. He could be, but there's no guarantee. Um, like I say, some of the mouths and stuff and the art is just kind of bugging me a little bit. It's it's not like the worst ever, but like I, I don't think Pelletier sticks out as being exceptional in any other way, and then he has this this defect on his faces sometimes that's kind of bugging me. So fair I, enough. I, I, uh, I, I'm I'm lukewarm in the art, I guess is what I'm saying. I'm lukewarm. I'm enjoying the art a lot more than you are. Clearly, I think it's got a real nice flow to it. Um, uh, I I will say um. A huge credit to Jordi Belaz colors, um, mm-hmm. which I think are doing wonders for it. Uh, Why does she have time for this? She colors like so many books, and I she's writing. Know. She's writing, you know, I, Buffy. I don't <laughs> colorists. I swear, are the hardest working people in the industry because they, they, there's like a handful of colorist names that I will recognize that show up on so much stuff. You would think coloring takes a long time. You'd think, but I, I don't know how they did it, like I said. It must be some of the hardest work. I, I would have assumed that colouring takes more time than the penciler, but, I mean, clearly not. No, it can't, it can't do it based yeah. on 
they do. Yeah, it physically can't do, but it just it feels like it should. But I mean, that's what I know about art. Uh, <laughs> so, um, yeah. So, what are you giving Batgirl? We're at seven point five. That's what I gave it. Funnily enough, um, Joe, I'll give it a seven point five. It would be an eight if the art was better. Fair enough. The, the art is what drags it down for me a little bit, but I actually did really like this issue. Um, so that will take us on then to Justice League Odyssey issue five. Joshua Williamson writing, Carmine D. J. Domenico on the art. So this is technically the end of the first arc. Although I'm going to be honest here, at the, at the end of the issue when it said the end, I was like, really? Was it? Was that um, an ending? <laughs> yeah. This is one of those things where it made me feel a little bit concerned about this writer shift because it felt like this wasn't the end of the arc. This was going to just carry on. And then it went, well, yeah, I mean, someone else is doing this now. So the end? Yeah. I mean, I'm sure the stuff it sets up and this is still going to be like dealt with, but it felt like an excuse to end the trade here because the, the first trade is issues one to five. And I'm like, this does not feel like a conclusion to a, an arc <laughs> at all. In no way. No. In no way, no. Um, and it, honestly, this issue is probably one of the weaker ones for the most part. I like the dark side stuff and what that's setting up. Yeah. But the, yeah, I agree with that. The rest of it, it kind of felt like a lot of it was just fighting. Which looked pretty good. Yeah, I mean, uh, the art's pretty good, yeah. And, you know, Jess making them all, like, space spikes was kind of cool. You know, there was some fun yeah. little... The page like is the double-page spread of Darkseid with, uh, you know, his plan and then all that's coming up. Yeah, because it looks phenomenal. Because he ultimately comes down to is like, okay, I planted something here a long time ago um, because there's a there's a, a plan in place, a backup plan, in case Apocalypse gets you know taken away or destroyed, that the new gods will live on. And then Cyborg learns when he like, connects via Mother Box to something <laughs> he basically realizes what Darkseid's plan was the reason why Kolu took all these worlds and sh- shrank them and hid them was because Darkseid was going to use all these worlds to form a new apocalypse yeah. and that's kind of what the big game plan and I, I like that uh, revelation it was just the, the fighting with like the, the Asriel or was it Rapture was it Rapture? No, it's not Rapture is it? Um, that's Rapture maybe? It, 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 it was just not Asriel to me I'm not going to lie it's on the cover hold on <laughs> it's on the cover yeah rapture yeah yeah um yeah so ra- rapture you know i wasn't really feeling and then the final cliffhanger is that because asriel's kind of denounced like his beliefs he's like well in that case we're gonna have to kill these gods so he's got an army of knockoff asriel's to <laughs> fight them presumably. yeah um and you know, yeah yeah I'm, I'm really mixed on this book now i, I feel like obviously we weren't a fan when the art had to change but it was like whatever we'll see where it's going um this issue is definitely the one that I've enjoyed the least, even though I like the dark side stuff setting up. Yeah, this feels like it's lost direction. Um, yeah. This when this book was announced had such a clear idea of what it was. We kind of, and then there was obviously changes, and it got delayed. And the first couple of issues still felt like okay, we're we're exploring, right? It's the, these this trio exploring. I'll be honest. I, I genuinely wonder if Williamson kind of got out of this book because it did have to change and he's like this isn't really what i was writing before can i just can you put someone else on this because this is this wasn't the idea this I, wasn't... I think it might be because before we had the whole uh, you know dark side as hannibal lecter style stuff yeah. um you know we started this with oh there are all these old gods there's some time travel shenanigans going on right and i feel like none of that's really that relevant any in the last couple of issues um, I feel like he knew he was. I think the first three issues, he had still been expected. He'd written them before he'd made a decision to to leave the book. Yeah. Four and five, I think he knew he was going. It was like, okay, here, here's what we got. I get that feeling. Um, 
And it's having a busy week. Like, I don't know. Like, this is, this, like, there's some books that we do in this show where I'm like, if we weren't doing this show, I'd probably stop reading them. Yeah, this one, it almost gets it gets given a little bit of extra time because it's a technically a Justice League book. It's a, it's a tie-in to the overall Justice League story. It's, like, like I say, obviously for stuff that I hate, I'm just not going to read it anyway, but there is kind of this like middle grey area where... If I wasn't doing the show, I'd probably stop reading this these two or three books. But because we do the show, I give them a bit more out of interest. Free reign. Which ones would you say? Obviously, this is one of them. Um, is there any else? If you, I don't know if they're this week or if you just happen to know off the top of your head. Not this week, I don't think. I mean, no, that's fair. This week is mostly a, a typically week that we're, we're we're positive on most things. Uh, Green Lantern, actually, that's an easy one. Ah, yeah. Yeah. I'd, I'd drop that if I wasn't doing the show. But because it's a big, you know, Morrison Sharp book, I feel and like... And it's the only Green Lantern It's book. the only Green Lantern book, I feel, you know, yeah, yeah. inclined no, to you. keep reading that. Um, so that, that's one for sure. I mean, there's not a lot of them. There's, there's, there's a few that are on that kind of fringe, kind of, like... Like, they're not bad enough that I have to drop them, but I probably wouldn't want to spend money on them if I wasn't doing this show. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, this, it'll get maybe two issues under Abnet as a chance to see if it get it can regain some direction. He's but it is so. a busy week. It is a really busy week. You know, we had, I mean, obviously there was two annuals, but even even the main issues without those annuals, you know, going down to one less seems kind of appealing when you're not loving all of them. Um, and, you know, that's definitely the one that I'd cut. But it, Yeah, he, 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 it's easily the one that... Um, th- th- there might be other books that, on, on a specific week, I give a lower score to, you know. But as a whole, it's the one I'm le- the least enthusiastic about. Yeah, which is a shame because I was excited for that more than Dark when they were announced. Yeah, but, but Dark ba- is undeniably the better book. Oh, it is. Uh, but, but you know, based on just cruise on the team, based on the artists, like and just the general direction sounded cool. Uh, yeah. But all, all you know, cruise is still there, but the art's gone, and, yeah, <laughs> and the, the direction like, feels yeah, like it's gone. Starfire <laughs> is still there, but yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's a shame. Um, and I was hoping it would be more personal stories, actually, because it was the smaller team of these smaller characters. Like, and it feels like after the first couple, there's not really been much of a chance for any of them to do much beyond have fights. There's not. I I will defend it slightly in that it's called Justice League Odyssey. Sure. Obviously, I still expect an epic story overall, but I I thought because it's a more focused team of five or even four, even five. Four. Yeah, I think I said the trio a few minutes ago. I forgot about Azrael. Yes. So I thought because it was a smaller team, there'd be more time for that, and there hasn't been at least recently. So it kind of yeah, it's, 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 I just feel really disappointed with this book, and I don't really blame Williamson or or even Serge. I feel like both of those were were kind of at the mercy of what DC I, forced I them to. I think it's something an editorial for this yeah. book, um, and it's you know that was a big problem during the New Fifty Two of things left and right being okay, editorials meddling here. I feel yeah. like it hasn't been a huge problem recently, but definitely felt it on this one. Yeah. Um, and it could just be, oh, we want this to tie into more of what uh, Snyder's book's doing, so it has to change these things, and then because be. of that, yeah, it's just knock-on effect. I mean, at least if it's like amicable, and it's like they, they actually give in and say, Yo, Wilson, if you're not, Williamson, if you're not feeling this anymore, that's cool. We'll just, you know, you're still on Flash, we'll put you on something else that you're more passionate about. If, if it was more amicable, then I can kind of forgive it to a point because they're not burning a good writer over it. They're just... Yeah, because he's... I mean, he's still writing Flash quite happily and yeah. no signs of stopping anytime soon. He's, you know, clearly issues. doing at least the whole... At least at the very... Even if we don't get to 100 issues for whatever reason, 
at the very least we've got this next year because you know the you know the annual just said you know continued throughout 2019 yeah i think he did say at one point though he wants to go to 100 so he wants to yeah yeah but i mean if for whatever happens i think it's safe to assume at least this year i i assume that he's got something planned for issue 100 specifically like he's got like a return he probably does at this stage um yeah yeah so yeah um uh, what are you rating odyssey then it's like a five and a lot of that's down to gia dominica I'll give it 5.5. I'll go one half point up because they are, and because I do like the dark side stuff. And like, there's a couple yeah. of fun. There's a couple of fun moments in the fights. Like I say, Jess yeah. making the bikes was kind of cool. And... This is the thing. I agree with that. Like, I like those moments. I like the dark side thing. I just, I don't really enjoy reading the book overall. That's fair. This was one of the last books I read. That, that, that you know, like, I did yeah. intentionally the book I liked till last, though, just so that I'd have a have something to look forward to. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but we'll get to that soon. What so, might give it? Oh, what did Matt give? That's a good point. What did I give it as well? Actually, now you mentioned it. Uh, Matt gave it a seven. I'm all surprised at that. I'm not. It's Matt. Just, just compared to some of his other scores, though, this is the same score as like Flash. Say. Yeah, that's weird. But hey, I mean, it is on his low end, admittedly. I mean, yes. <laughs> he will be grilled. Uh, but yeah, I, I would. Yeah, I give it five point five. So, um. Uh, we'll move on then. We'll move on to the Terrifics issue twelve by Jeff Lemire and Victor Bogdanovich, and this is continuing where we left off last time. Uh, Terrific is with the was it the Dreadfuls? Yes. I want to say, um, and he's in trouble. He's getting his ass kicked, and he's in this other Earth. We get introduced to kind of who the Dreadfuls are. Let me just open this up so I can actually say them uh, properly. But yes, we meet uh, mm-hmm. Metal Morpho. Yeah, who's the the metamorpho from Earth forty four, and uh, and then we have Phantom Boy, who's the sulking spectral teen from Earth thirteen. Nice little bit of rhyme in there. And we get Plasma Man, who is a vampire <laughs> plastic man from Earth forty three. Yeah, which I have to admit that's my favorite. See, seeing him with the the the, the, the fangs. The fangs, yeah. I, I, it's I like all about the fangs. Uh, I he like that a lot. His teeth anyway, though he could just give himself fangs. This is true. This is a cool look. That's true. Uh, and then we continue. Uh, I should... Yeah. Aye. Aye. So, um, so we see back, back on uh, Big Zittle. Um, <laughs> Phantom Girl's not happy about this arranged marriage. And she basically, you know, runs. off. Yeah, she, she basically waits for her mother to leave the room and then goes off and gives over her, her family necklace to pay for a trip to Earth on a spaceship. And... Metamorpho looks like he's going to go in to secure the the orb that turned him back into a human, um, with the intention of you know thinking that oh this will get me like all this this I'm feeling because last issue we're talking a lot about how he doesn't seem happy that he's normal and he's with Sapphire even though that's kind of what he's always wanted and obviously we were speculating yeah. that he kind of actually got a taste for for doing things and and being a part of a team and being a hero, uh, despite of whatever else and Plastic Man's trying to like bond with his son he plays him at basketball and they both use their powers and. Yeah, you know this is all just fun stuff. I, I I thought all this stuff was good little character beats. This is the kind of thing that I wish Justice League was doing sometimes. Sure, it's just giving me these these downbeat moments, and he kind of wins over his son by stealing the Batmobile for a ride. Because because he said I can get you a ride in the Batmobile, and I'm like, well, you probably can, but Batman's going to kick your ass for it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was my my which he acknowledges, thought. which he does. Uh, so Phantom Girl sneaks in to uh, well, I say sneaks. I mean she's obviously allowed there, but she sneaks into Terrific's tower. And she basically gets the Mayday call from Terrific about what's happening to him from his T-Spheres. 
Um, and she she basically puts out the SOS to the other team members, and their 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 T belts uh, light up and say, you know, something's happening. And she goes on the comms and says, "Hey guys, Mister Terrific needs our help. You guys have to come in and help. Uh, we need we need to do this." And you know, Plastic Man's like, "Hey, I guess you know you you need to go, but hey, do you want to join a superhero team to his son? So it looks like his son's tagging along. So they're going to bond with some superheroes." Yeah. I probably I even more than that though I like Metamorpho kind of looking at his belt and kind of looking at the orb and then you know we just hear like over the comms again like uh, you know Phantom Girl saying uh, Rex Plas please I need you guys I can't do this alone and he just says I'm sorry Sapphire and then smashes the orb and becomes Metamorpho again he yeah. makes the cho- and we kind of always thought it was going this way that he was going to make the choice to become it again bit of a dick bag move to to create the dog again. <laughs> that dog was probably very happy being a regular dog. Does the dog care though? It might. He looks a bit horrified. He's like, "What have you done to me?" <laughs> Look at that face at the end. So that's actually the final page. The final page is him uh, metamorpho again, and he's like, uh, "You heard her, you dog." Phantom Girl needs us. The Terrifics need us. Uh, and it's like next time it's the Terrifics versus the Dreadfuls. Um, I kind of love this issue. Really? Okay. Yeah, I, I did. Thought, I'm, I'm mixed. I liked everything in it. I just didn't. I felt like it didn't have any flow. Um, the scenes were all like, okay, here are big, just like okay, one scene of each of them, hmm. um, just like one extended scene, um, like that. Like, oh, it, it it didn't have any flow to it for me. Um, that which and it felt like, oh, okay, I guess I'm on this character now. Oh, okay, now it's this character. It didn't. I know the structure wasn't working for me. I know. You, you, I think we have debated this before in a comic where you don't like it jumping between characters, and I'm like, no, we've got three characters that we're, we're jumping between, we're rotating through them, it's fine. Yeah, yeah, but I feel like it, it was the way it was just like, okay, here's the here's the, the Phantom Girl section, here's the Plastic Man section, here's the Metamorphos. So, yeah, it was just like, it was very distinctly just like that. And that had no flow for me, of just like, okay, just one after the other, get through, okay, like that. I don't know. Just doesn't work for me. It flowed just fine for me. I, I'm not sure what the problem is with that, but I mean, hey, I'm Fair glad enough. I'm positive with something that you're not because this is this will counterbalance some Justice League annual stuff. Uh, yeah. Now I I really like this. Uh, Bogdanovich's art's fantastic, and I I like. Oh, okay, I just don't like him on this book, um, especially all the stuff on Bigster with just the plain white backgrounds. Um, that was really bothering me. I know. I like how he draws characters. I. I like how he does expressions. I like, I like um, there's a playfulness to it, but it also feels very solid and, and and confident. Fair enough. I think it's a bit. I don't know. There's something about it that for this book doesn't work for me. But hey, no, I love that, and I I love, I love that these two issues back to back. Um, you know, it they took the team apart. They're all separate. They're all doing their own thing. But ultimately, when when terrific needs them, they're going to make the choice to be a team again. And I like that it built up to that moment. I like you know, and, and all, I think I think the biggest way to say that they're making this choice is Metamorpho himself, because him making that choice is the biggest deal out of any of the decisions that are being made here. Yeah, uh, and that leads in nicely to them going to rescue terrific. Yeah. Um, so obviously that'll be the next. Like, I imagine the rescue mission will be the next mission, and then the last issue of of Lemire stuff will be them. Mm. Right? Okay, we're, we'll be a team probably. That'll be that issue. Yeah, and then of course we'll start the new run with. Yeah, uh... which I think I'm probably going to drop at that point. You know, we're talking about how this is a very busy week, mm-hmm. and I couldn't even finish that annual that that they did. So that's for. I mean, I, I would I'd say try the first issue he does proper. We'll see how I feel in the week. 
I, th- I think I, I, you should try the first issue, like issue 15. Because I, I genuinely thought that annual was dreadful. I was unfinishable. Well, me and Matt very definitely disagreed with that. Yeah. Um, but I, I am actually kind of looking for. Yeah, it's, it's nice that Lemire's leaving, but I'm looking forward to who the new writer is. But so that, that's a nice feeling to have. Um, I'm looking forward to. It. I now Terrifics has never been unenjoyable. Terrifics has always been solid. There's been a couple of weaker issues here or there, but um, this is kind of what I like from the book. This is kind of what I want from the book. Uh, I love that it deals with these smaller moments, and it feels like a, a you know a traditional heroes choosing to be heroes, choosing to be a team, and that's got a little bit of a punch to it. So um, I'm looking forward to the next issue. I really liked it. Yeah. So uh, what are you giving it? Uh, I give it a six. Uh, Matt gave it a seven point five. Um, do you know what? I have to admit, Matt's ratings is a lot of sevens and seven point fives on his ratings this week. It's, it's actually kind of weird for Matt. Yeah. Um, uh, maybe it's not. Maybe it's just seeing them in a list like this. We're noticing it more. Yeah, maybe. Um, oh, yeah, that's straight eight. I actually really like Terrifics this week, so um, looking forward to more. But hey, uh, that'll take us on then to The Silencer, issue 13, which is our final book of the week. Uh, Dan Abnett writing, V. Kenneth Marion on the art. Um, and credit to Marion, I-, I wasn't sure what to expect, actually. And maybe he did the last issue, I can't remember. But I'm sure it was Bogdanovich up until something. Um, but I actually thought the art did a good job of kind of staying in the tone of what the art's been for a while. Yeah. Uh, so, so, so credit there. So this issue is a very specific concept. It is, and obviously we saw Honor basically die at the end of the last issue, and we knew she was going to a Lazarus pit. So we see, see every so often, every time it goes to a new memory, we see like a little panel at the top of her eyes inside like the the the, the pit. Yeah. And it's basically her saying, "Remember your memories. Remember your memories." And we see her as a kid being picked out by Talia from from the school. We see her as a teen training. We see one of her early missions. We see her after she she killed uh, that one dude uh, when Deathstroke showed up in Gotham. We see you know various points throughout her life, and we see her with her family. And that's the one, of course, the house with a gut punch where it's fading away. Um, she's trying to remember her life here, uh, and then the final scenes, of course, is Talia in the real world, um, kind of being like, well, you know, oh, you're telling me she won't come back uh, with all her memories. Good. That's my hope. <laughs> I want her to be, you know sort yeah. of reset up to a point and the final pages is honor kneeling down for talia and it's like oh dear so obviously we're going to get a plot here where she's going to gradually get her memories back and it's going to be a great moment when she remembers who she is and yeah goes full silencer um it's do you know what i liked about this issue is i liked that it showed us a lot of uh talia through these stages which i liked and how she's kind of like dealt with because i liked the moment where Talia says, "Okay, we're going to actually like go go quiet for for a few years because uh, Leviathan's getting out of hand," and she kind of like almost proposes to, not 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 for marriage, but she proposes a, an idea to honor. She's like, "I wait to get a drink." She's like, "Oh, maybe we could go somewhere together and hide out." Like she actually cares about her in some way. She feels a bond with her, and she gets back to the couch, and Honor's just gone, even though she was bleeding all over it like seconds ago. Yeah, I really like that moment. Did yeah, you like okay. the issue? I've, I've been talking kind of. Um, I felt it was super expositioning. Mm. Um, like I get the point of oh she's losing these memories so it has a purpose but a lot of it felt like back like it felt like a flashback very, it, it felt verging on prequely uh, sort of in concept of I don't know how much of this I really needed to see um, mm. I don't know uh, a lot of it felt that way for me where I might I mean it's just fine but I didn't really need to see any of this. Uh, I, I got a lot of context throughout the, you know, the, the past what twelve issues of the book of what her life had been. 
had got the idea that she was awful and Talia had brought her up and you know that, that she was really close and you know that they'd they'd gone through all this stuff you know the the, the Leviathan stuff. I'd kind of got all that in context um so this felt like a bit of a exposition rehash I think it worked for me because one it's a nice way to sort of reestablish all these things for the ending to kind of work but I think what I just brought up there, that moment with Talia, where she seems disappointed that Honours ran off, like, like almost like she felt betrayed that she left that quickly. Like, she didn't want to even consider sticking around with Talia. I think the idea of these, these flashbacks for me is what Honour means to Talia, rather than just, like, who Honour is and, you know, what she's been through. Although that's still certainly there. Like, her, her bashing the other kid's head in the desk, uh, sure. using the silence bubble as well, uh, was just, you know, some good fun stuff. And then the idea of like the the mystique of silencer building in these flashbacks uh, was also kind of cool. But for me, I think what worked about it is that almost every single one of them, if not all of them, had Talia present. Except maybe the last one, which is with her family. Yeah. And for me, it was about what she means to Talia and how Talia seems to care about her, even though she's still Talia. You know, she's still kind of a bitch to her. Yeah. But she seems to care, and I think it sets up that despite what she's doing to her, there is kind of this sick kind of. Like, she does care about her in a weird way. She does actually care that she's still, like, that Silence is still with her, that she's still one of hers. There's a, almost maybe an obsessive kind of built, you know, uh, possession kind of thing going on here. Sure. Uh, I, I don't disagree with that. And I think that's what this did for me. Um, I, I enjoyed this issue. I, mean, I enjoyed the last two more, for sure. Um, yeah. But... This, this is probably my least favourite issue in quite a while. Uh, obviously, the book's been on a real upward trend. Um, and I don't. This isn't like, a, like, oh, I'm worried about the future of the book sort of issue. It's it's mm. more just a, okay. It's a very it was a specific concept of, of things that I wasn't that into. Yeah. Uh, like the art though, um, is that one of the fight sequences? Uh, is the whole page of silence one is fantastic in particular. Yeah, really good. Um, what what this says to me actually is is like her her husband and kid are going to think she's dead for a while probably because she's planning to go back home right now. Yeah. I, uh, I would assume we don't see them for a little while. She's either going to like eventually get a glimpse of a memory and go and seek them out, or we might even get some sort of coincidental thing where she starts again. She's working near them or yeah, something, okay. and she'll see one of them, and it'll trigger a memory. You know, like I don't know which way it'll be round, but probably one of those. Yeah, makes sense. Um, and uh, Talia has just not aged at all in like twenty-five years, has no, she? No, she's not. <laughs> she's really not. Um, I guess I'll take it as that. I mean, she has age, but comic art's not very good at showing the difference between a twenty-year-old and a forty-five-year-old. So, I mean, sure. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I I take it when she got honor from the orphanage, she was like you know nineteen twenty. She's really ambitious. Like she's starting Leviathan, and then in present day, she's like you know like yeah, you're 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 hot forty-something. <laughs> Sure, she looks pretty much exactly the same. She, eh, sure. <laughs> what do you want me to tell you? I don't know. I just want. I just wanted to acknowledge. I mean, going going from comic book timelines here, Batman's supposed to have had all the Robins in the, in the space of five years, which does not. Yeah, make and any we sense. question that all the time. Yeah. So it's only fair to question this. Yeah, Talia should have been pregnant in one of these flashbacks, just for a, just just for the like, oh, this is where it took place in the timeline. Damien's in there. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Damien's in the oven. It's fine. We 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 know Damien was growing the tube. She didn't carry him herself. Sure, sure, sure. Uh, but yeah, so that, that was that was Silence of Thirteen. No, I enjoyed, what were you giving it? Um, I give it like a five point five. 
that, that seems harsh, but okay. It, it's fine. I just and, and I like some of the art, but it just didn't do much for me this issue, not at all. Yeah, I'm going with an eight. I actually quite like this. So yeah, fair enough. I mean, <laughs> there you go. Uh, Matt gave it a seven, so he's a uh, kind of closer to me, but uh, but but a Matt seven is closer to a, like my five point five. I don't know. Going with all these sevens and seven point fives, it feels like Matt didn't have that great a week. It, it's a lot harder to tell without him here talking about it, isn't it? Yeah, I wonder if like when he's writing them down, he has more time to think, so he's more critical. So yeah. it's not so much that he's been harsher this week. That he's, it's just, it's just this is a more reasonable scale that he's yes, using. I have no idea. Um, but hey, so that that is the last book of the week, which takes us on to the section of the show where we pick our favourites of the week, favourite panel slash moment, favourite art, favourite cover, and top five books. Uh, and there's 11 books this week, so top five kind of means something for a change. It does. Which is nice. Yeah. Uh, so what's your panel slash moment? Um, it will be the only thing I choose from Heroes in Crisis. I can tell you that now. <laughs> Um, it it'll probably be that full page of Shining Knight with the dragon because that's okay. a, just a, it's a gorgeous image, even though it yeah you know, like I said I, I didn't really get the context of it, but as an image I loved it. Uh, Matt's moment is also from Heroes in Crisis. It's uh, the Wally is five days older than he should be moment. Fair enough. Can't argue with that. Obviously that's a that's a plot development more than the art that he's picking that for clearly. Yeah. Um, I'm also going with a flash thing though. I'm going with uh, the full page spread of uh, Barry and Iris on the kitchen floor. In tears. Yeah. I'm going with the emotion baby. Uh but yeah. Uh what's your favourite cover of the week? This is tough. There's two that I particularly love. Um did Matt give these choices? Uh for all of them. I actually don't see cover. Okay. He's got he's got moment in art, he's got top five. I don't see cover. I think he's just forgotten that. In that case, I'm gonna double up on cover. I'm gonna take Matt's slot. Okay. So one of them is the Wonder Woman variant. I thought mm-hmm. it's really unique and interesting. And the other one, I'm just going to go with a classic Batgirl variant. We're back to Argem. I do have to say, though, I actually feel bad about, you know, all the, all the uh, Matina covers we picked. Mm-hmm. Did you see this? Why he's not doing uh, covers for DC anymore now? Someone told me, I'm sure. I don't really look into it, though. Yeah, he's been, uh, it'd been caught plagiarizing a lot of his images. Um, and I saw the comparisons myself. They are because oh, because mm. I was thinking, is it is it, are we talking Greg Land levels here? What we're we talking about, like oh, it's on other people's drawings. He's copied oh. like all of the pose down to like you know like the shoes they're wearing, and then just like changing the face to a different character. Oh, that hurts. Thing. Yeah, because the art's really, really good. I mean, maybe he's really good at painting them, but he's not actually good at the actual drawing part. Yeah, yeah, that's what I think. Like I feel because they they they're great images, but they're. They're definitely very strongly built on someone else's work. Um, it's just with the artist then. Make it like a cool cover. Yeah, like, have someone else yeah. draw it and then have him paint it. But hey, that sucks. Um, Epstein's cover for action, I think, is what I'm picking. I mean, I, I love the, the Art Germ Batgirl cover. I haven't seen it, so hang on. Give me a second. Because I, 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 I will assume that it's probably pretty good cause, <laughs> because Epting. Because Epting, yes. Yeah, okay, that's pretty nice. Yeah, I, I like that cover a lot. So. Yeah, I'll give, I'll give you that one. So, yeah, that's what we're going with. We're going, we're going with Epting's Action Comics cover. Um, I'm actually just looking at some of the other... Oh, they also have variants. Okay, never mind then. Uh, so, we can oh. then uh, move on to, to best art of the week, since Matt didn't give his cover. Uh, so, what is your art of the week? That's actually kind of tough. There's a few 
in, in contention. I think I'm going to give it to Wonder Woman, uh, Lupacino. Uh, Matt gave it to Wonder Woman, uh, although he did say shout out to Eptin on action as well, so he, he could not mention it, but that's fair. He went with Wonder Woman. Yeah, there's uh, yeah, there's like there's a couple of books that are really good, um, but I think I have to go with uh, with Eptin. I get it. Uh, on action, I, I will straight up admit that if I were reading that, there's a very strong chance mm. that would have been my pick. I have to go with Eptin. I just I can't fault it. Uh, so that takes us on then to top five books of the week. Well, do Matt's first. No, no, what? Do yours first. I'll do Matt's first. I'm thinking. All right. Uh, I'll, I'll, his number one is Action. His number two is Wonder Woman. His number three is The Flash Annual. His number four is Heroes in Crisis. Interesting. And number five is Terrifics. Yeah, I like Terrifics. Yeah, get in there, Matt. All right, all right. <laughs> What's your top five? So my number one is the Justice League Annual. Number two is Wonder Woman. Number three, Flash Annual. Four, Batgirl. Five, Flash. Yeah, let's go with Flash. Okay. Um... It's tough. <laughs> uh, I think my number one. Hmm. I'll. Hmm. I'm. I'm. I'm conflicted between two. Screw it. I'll put Flash Annual at number one. Uh. And then Action Comics. And then Wonder Woman number three. And then Terrifics at number four. And then Silencer, number five. All right. That's my, that's my top five. All right, cool. Uh, so that's my top five. Uh, but obviously, uh, when I remember, and I did this week, um, I will put it on the Twitter, on the, at DC Comics Podcast, if you want to follow us on Twitter. I just want to say he only remembered because I told him to do this last night. That doesn't prove that I wouldn't have remembembered anyway. Yeah, but you'd have remembered too late. Shut up. Uh, so there was a lot of love for the Justice League annual, there was a lot of love for the Flash annual, uh, and there was some uh, love for Terrifics. I'll read you a couple of the, the reasons here. Uh, from at Tim Robin, or at Tim 3 Robin more specifically, Flash annual, like the, the well it says mystery, but uh, mystery uh, crisis bad guy appearing again. The Bart stuff, the hint of Zolomon, uh, and at least addressing what happened with Wally. Uh, Zolomon was technically the, the main flash, but I mean, I mean was, was, was Zolomon even mentioned in the annual? I don't think he was. But no, he may be right though. Um, at Ben Cumbersome, Flash Annual was good because I'd literally talked with one of my boys about Godspeed the day before I read it. That storyline seems more interesting than the Force Quest, so I hope it continues. I think it will. I think he's setting stuff up. Mm-hmm. Um, a bunch of more Flash Annuals. Flash Annual, but Terrifics was damn good in my opinion. That was that Corey YNWA. At McCone Factor, Flash Annual issue 2 for the return of Godspeed. So, a lot of Flash Annual love. I think Flash Annual is definitely the one that was mentioned the most. And then there's a couple of Justice League uh, mentions throughout because of how big an epic it is. But that was the gist of it. So, um, so yeah, it seems like Flash Annual is the one that's, uh, that's, right. that's doing it for most people. Um, so, I guess I picked the right one. Oh, thank, thank you, peoples. Yeah, you just picked the boring option. <laughs> Shut your face. It was either that or action. Yeah, fair enough. So that action. 
Uh, but yeah, uh, so that leaves me to tell you what's coming next week on the show. Which, if I had it open already, that would be... That'd yeah, be I've just, I just booted up previews to to verify anything that you say. <laughs> What's this Man and, Man and Superman 100-page oh, it's mostly. I think it's mostly reprint stuff. It's not... Okay. Uh, I haven't looked into that. It, amusingly, I have Doomsday Clock Issue 9 still on this list for next week, which clearly Come is on. not... Come on. <laughs> but yeah, coming next week on the show is Batman 64, which is the part of the Batman Flash crossover, which is going to be the whole month. Um, so that's coming up. Uh, we have Justice League number 17. We have the Green Lantern issue 4, Young Justice issue 2, Green Arrow 49. And then we also have the first issue of the Female Furies mini. Uh, so that's issue 1 of that. And we have Adventures of the Super Sons issue 7. Also next week, which we will not be covering, is Deathstroke 40, Curse of Brimstone 11, Electric Warriors number 4, Harley Quinn 58, and Suicide Blacks Files. Suicide Squad yeah. Black Files issue 4, rather. And there's no Electric Warriors. No, so I moved. I don't know why anyone would care anyway, but just for just for the sake of being accurate, people people like that book. You, you you say that very dismissively, but some people really like that book. I've I've seen some praise for it. Yes, well, I see praise for Red Hood, so I don't trust people on the internet. I'm just comments like that alienate members of the audience who enjoy that book. Now we already don't cover it; they know we don't really care about it. It doesn't really need to be the knife doesn't need to be twisted in the same way. Hmm. Given that you've not even read it, you can't even comment on the quality. Red Hood, I, Red Hood, you can shit on because you're forced to read that. I I absorbed it through osmosis. <laughs> but don't worry, people. I'll call Connor out on his shit. It's like half this job, quite frankly. Half of it's reading books and talking about them. The other half is just calling Connor out on his shit. Um, but there you go. That's the show. That has been episode 140 of Comics from the Multiverse. And I don't know if we're doing anything for 150. I don't know if we're doing the 50s anymore. I don't know if it's just the hundreds we're celebrating. Who knows? I don't know. They Pro- probably just the hundreds now. They have anything in mind for it, but, you know. Yeah. Anyways, if it's worth, worth mentioning, if you enjoyed this show, especially this week with Matt not being here, if you enjoyed me and Carr talking about comic books, we have a second show called Elsewhere in the Multiverse where we talk about Marvel books and then, you know, in Dark Horse Image, that kind of thing. Uh, the books we're reading, uh, that goes out on Wednesday. So the new books are already out by the time it goes up, but it's a fun way to relive the previous week's books and have another comics yeah, podcast may- to listen to. Maybe it's something for you to listen to on your commute to, to the shop to, to pick up your new books. There you go. Um... So, so that that's how we also have television from the multiverse, which is the DC shows that me and Connor talk about as well. Uh, you know, we talk about all the CW stuff and you know DC universe, and then when Krypton's on, we'll talk about that. Yeah, obviously, Young Justice just wrapped up the first half of the season. Yes. Uh, so we spoke about that on the last episode. Uh, in a few weeks' time, Doom Patrol is launching. Mm-hmm. Um, so mm-hmm. we're kind of looking forward to that. So yeah, obviously those have their own audio feeds as well as you can just find them easily on YouTube. Uh, if you're interested in anything else we do that's non-comic book related, we do a lot of movie reviews and TV reviews and stuff like that. You can find them on the YouTube channel. Uh, you can find audio feeds. You get links to them on the Patreon page, which is, you know, rolling me right into it. You can go and check us out on Patreon at patreon.com slash TV. If you want to support the show, uh, any of the shows, but especially this one, uh, you can go and do that for as little as a dollar per month. Uh, the five dollar tier you get to vote, uh, you, well, you get access to the monthly episode that me and Connor do. Uh, the February or the January episode is actually still running a little bit late, but it's coming soon. Yeah, yeah. It turned out the book was bigger than we thought. Yeah, Doom Patrol Volume One by Grant Morrison, the sixteen issue book. Uh, turned out to be a very meaty read that was hard to squeeze in. Uh, Especially when we thought it was twelve issues to begin with. <laughs> yes, yes, we thought it was shorter than it was. 
Uh, but that's coming very soon for $5 patrons on Patreon. Um, also, it's worth mentioning the vote for the next one, because February's episode is going to be a voting episode. Uh, that'll be up, maybe not by the time this goes up, but it'll be up in the next day or two. Uh, so you can look forward to voting on that. You'll have about two weeks to vote on that, and then we'll do that in the back half of February. Uh, so there's a vote coming up for patrons for the next monthly episode, so look forward to that. Um, but yeah, you can also support us, of course, by liking, subscribing, rating us on your podcast app, uh, all that kind of thing. Let us know what you thought of the books. Uh, you can also support us as well if you want to buy some merch, if you want a hoodie with a Comics of the Multiverse logo on it, you can go buy that. There's links in the, the description to the, both the US and the UK stores. We've sold hoodies and hats for Comics of the Multiverse. It's kind of delightful. Um, the fact that people have went for the more expensive hoodie over the t-shirt is, is interesting to me. I, I think we're just getting away with it because it's winter. Probably, yeah. Maybe in summer it'll all be t-shirts. But in yeah. winter, it's all hoodies. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, it's all hoodies now. Come somewhere, it'll be you know the, the, the t-shirts and caps. Yes, uh, and the plan is, is to put up maybe like a new shirt design that may also be on a hoodie, depending on what it is, uh, about once a month, which sometimes will be related to something we say on this show, sometimes it'll be related to what we do on another show. Because uh, the, f- yeah. the first custom one that's went up is a, is a, is a line that I always say on the TV reviews. Uh, but, you know, so if you have shirt ideas, you can you can pitch them to us and we'll consider maybe there'll be some votes in the future uh but there'll there'll be more stuff coming um quite frankly the the, the ginger degrader is uh, one that's obviously in the, in the running uh but yeah so that is that has been comics from the multiverse episode 140 thank you once again for watching or listening we always appreciate it keep reading comics guys keep reading dc comics of course and always remember that to never get lost in the speed force